Okay, you were recording Living on a Prayer by John. Chair. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, By John Bon Jovi. <laughs> McGruff's Live Like You're Dying. <laughs> Why do I have four text messages? Tim is sending you sad emojis. <laughs> I can't fucking. My God. Okay. All right. This looks like you said Asbra. <laughs> Asbra. <laughs> and I'm just like, damn, my my handwriting is also terrible, so I can't knock Listen, shit. I never learned how to do cursive consistently. I went to fucking public school. I did learn how to do cursive consistently, and this is really good for me because I have really bad ADHD, so I need to write my words incredibly quickly. Unfortunately, because of my need to write words incredibly quickly, it ended up being just fucking illegible, which is how I got away with writing the most depraved pornography in my high school notebooks. Because nobody, I was fully confident that nobody would be reading over my shoulder and actually able to discern what was going on the page. Um, now we life hack. <laughs> now we've missed. Like we are now technically. We did record audio for the past couple episodes. The problem is, is something happened with the with the audio mixer, and it just. Well, we, we did no record the for, the, for the Kennedy episode, but we also, that's the episode where we also read the Powerpuff Girls script. Yes. And so not being able to find that one does kind of feel, feel like God's punishing us. Yeah, that, that, one, yeah. that one is a little it's bit bad. of I an mean, act it was of God. good voice work practice, but it was like, oof, Jesus Christ. We were just kind of going through it going, God, fuck, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It really is that bad. I mean, and we've seen a lot of horrible things. We've seen a lot of horrible things. Okay, so this is no longer going to be current by the time that you are listening to this. But Nintendo is doing a direct tomorrow at E3. And first off, I'm just going to get it and out I of just, the way. And I just want to mention, we're back We're back after after being absent for like like three weeks. <laughs> and I'm not even a little with, bit pretending to talk with, about Legends. With the content you've been craving. <laughs> content you've been craving, which is me reading the entire D&D history slash art book in about two hours. And now my brain hurts. And um, my friend's reminding me that E3 Nintendo has happened. So... Let me get my let me get my E three statement out of the way with the comp with the uh sort of coda that yes every single game corporation is bad and going to hell especially the ones. Do you mean you caveat? Like. Coda is in a coda to my previous statement. I guess caveat means it doesn't matter. Okay, so with all that out of the way, let me just say here is the only thing I don't want to see any Nintendo. goddamn corrections on this. None of this corrections. None of the game video game corporations are bad. All corporations are bad. Um, congratulations! That, yay! So I want. Pokemon XD, Gale of Darkness, slash Pokemon Coliseum ports for the Switch. I don't know why the fuck they haven't made them yet. Pokemon is a franchise that prints money. This is fucking ridiculous. Just put them on the goddamn Switch. I just want to fucking play these games again. I literally saved up for my, like, a, like six months in my childhood. Saved up to be able to get a GameCube and only these games. These were the only games I owned for the GameCube. I owned a GameCube exclusively for playing Pokemon games on it. Because when I was a child, the only thing that mattered to me about a console is if it could play Pokemon. Every console since has been, is this a Pokemon machine or is this not a Pokemon machine? And if it isn't, I don't care. Although I am excited about my new gaming PC. Very, I've waited, I've waited a very long time to have one. I'm going to just play old games with mods. It doesn't matter. In any case. I'm going to download The Sims 4 and immediately destroy your hard drive. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, the other thing I want, and this is a fucking long shot, but oh god, I would give my arm. I want Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn on the Switch so fucking bad. I'm actually kind of surprised because the Switch is a port machine and like Fire Emblem is selling like gangbusters now and 9 and 10 are sort of like the um, hidden gems of the series in that they were when the franchise wasn't selling very well, but they have literally the best plot out of all of the Fire Emblem games. I'm even including- Wait, oh my god, it's just E3 overall. We're doing it. We're Mm -hmm. doing the damn thing. Mm -hmm. Are people there? I don't know. In a panini? I don't think there are people there in a panini. I think some stuff is virtual. 
and I know Square's presentation went. I'm gonna controversial Final Fantasy opinions, and Square's Square's went to dog shit yesterday because they were just trumpeting the Marvel IP and not any of their in-house stuff. Um, I have not liked a Final Fantasy game since Final Fantasy X. I really resent the hyper realistic wanna... shift the fan this franchise has taken in its main in its more mainstay titles. Final Fantasy fourteen, I've seen Mia play it. Some of the designs look nice. A part of me truly wants to believe that there's been someone who's been listening to this podcast and is like, Well, they're kind of stupid, but they make a lot of points I like and then you say that and they're like, That I'm fucking done with these. This people. is a bridge too far. I am wondering if someone's like, um, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I do kind of actually want to see that controversy. So now you get my gaming opinions. So, okay, that aside, um, the new Final Fantasy game looks fucking terrible and everybody's been dunking on it, which is really good because the protagonist looks like Eminem circa 2004. And if you were too young to remember what Eminem looked like in 2004, hey, hi, apparently you're a sizable portion of our fan base and that deeply horrifies and upsets me. So sorry, I can't handle it. Please Google it. Please Google it. Um, don't ask us about the things we've referenced. Just no, Google it just so Google we it. don't, Google so we still it. feel relevant. Please. Thanks. Okay. So I wasn't relevant then. No, God. Okay, so what I want so fucking bad is Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn. And Three Houses is sold so much fucking... Disgusted that Bernie Sanders would have anything to do with Fire Emblem. <laughs> but it is like, I would love these because they were not, they did not have a lot of copies made of them back in the day. So if I wanted to play Path of Radiance right now, I would have to track down a GameCube, which would probably cost me upwards of $100. And then find a copy of Path of Radiance, and that might set me back approximately 400 to 500 fucking dollars for this one goddamn game. Do you want to play that? Fuck you. Go and fuck yourself. Do you want to play a sequel? <laughs> then you have to buy a Wii. The Wii may also be anywhere from 100 to 200 dollars used. Path of Radiance, also about 400 dollars. Do you want to play video games? Fuck yourself. <laughs> Die. And I mean, they are legitimately incredibly awesome in terms of their I'm plot. looking at the press release from Nintendo, and it's and weird that, that it says that. And they said that. that to me, and it's weird. And it's like, do I think we're going... I'm surprised. I'm just like, Fire Emblem is selling now. If you re-release these and you just put in, like, a, an easy, like, the easy casual mode so people could just resurrect, it wouldn't take that long. I just want to play these games without literally spending, like, a month's rent on them. Please. Uh, those are my E3 wishes. My prediction is we're going to see a lot more from the new, from the Diamond and Pearl remake, which I'm kind of like, it's a fucking remake. I know what's going to be in it. Jesus Christ. I don't care. But I am interested to see what they do Isn't with Pokemon Isn't that what Legends. we want as gamers? To be disappointed. I would like to see some more of Legends because that seems like an interesting take for the franchise to go. And I am... Wait, which Legends? Pokemon Legends Arceus. Okay. Um, They're sort of doing it in like an older version of like, it's basically supposed to be like set in the past and to deal with like the myth of Sinnoh. And Sinnoh has a lot of lore in it because it's sort of the soft reboot of the franchise. Like Gen 5, 6, and 7 sort of occupy... Can I make a controversial statement? Yes. No more lore for anything. Let's all just go into these things stupid. Here are the characters. That's Here's fair. where they live. You leave and it's it's like going into it's like going into someone's like like a fucking restaurant. And just being you like, come Here's in. The menu. You, some of the things have like funny names on the menu and you're like, "Hi, huh, I wonder what that's about." But and it you're just tell you. you're just going to order it. It's called like Luigi's favorite and you're like, "Huh, oh, I wonder who Luigi is." Yes. But you don't really care that much. And you enjoy your good. fucking dinner and you leave and maybe one day you'll come back and like maybe one day you'll ask about Luigi, but your enjoyment of the franchise is not hinging if we could, on Luigi. If we could figure out how to make that actually work in practice, comics would be selling a lot better than they are now. Unfortunately, they are not. I refuse to do anything that will help comics succeed. That's fair. Um, I will I'm like, I, but, okay. So it's like one of those things where like Gen 4 is like kind of like where the lore of the franchise sort of the lore of the first three gens and gen four sort of coalesces 
and there's a ton of stuff with creation myths and the way that the world came to be and Pokemon and you can put God in a little hot top hat and make him dance and you can do that and it's great um so it's like that is going to be really fun to mine for Pokemon Legends hopefully so we'll see what they're doing with it I'm assuming they're going to at least bring it up um I still remember the E3 when they they made poor goddamn Junichi Masuda, who has given this fucking franchise his goddamn everything. His life? They made, they made, they dragged that poor man out. And they made him be the one to bear the bad news about the whole Sword and Shield Pokedex. And I, when I remember, the, the, I went through the fucking stages of grieving. It was bad. Um, the whole thing was a mess, and it was inevitably sort of mostly resolved with DLC. Although I think there's still some Pokemon you can't get, but like, you hit a certain point. Um, so we'll see how the fuck they handle that. That man fought and bled for this franchise. I, he was literally one of the founding, like, he was the composer from the originals, and he's been around since, and he was the game director for a decade. Like, dude, dude, that was mean. Especially because, of course, everybody on the internet was mad about it the whole time. So, okay. Pop, pop. E3. Gonna be irrelevant by the time you listen to this podcast, but I'm having gamers' thoughts. I don't believe gamers should be allowed to think. That too. I you don't know think how, the gamers do think. You know how it's like, remember what Tim Buckley said about them taking their violent video games or whatever? Yes. Whatever Tim Buckley's worst case scenario is, I believe in that. I believe it. Okay, so I support back it. into Legends. I'm going to talk about another, another video game favorite that may or may not make an appearance at this goddamn fucking con. I'm just sitting here on goddamn tenterhooks waiting for Dragon Age 4 announcements, and I'm not going to be happy with whatever they announce, and I know that deep in my heart. How, are we, how does that tie into Legends? Oh, it ties in, because Dragon Age, despite being a video game that I play frequently, am looking forward to downloading it on my new gaming PC and playing the first two with mods, and probably the third one with the mods so I can romance Cassandra as a woman like God intended. Um... Dragon Age is fundamentally hindered by the fact that its writers are not smart enough to handle the political, social, and moral quandaries they present itself. Much like DC's Legend of Tomorrow. Let's go into the fucking episode, baby! (laughs) Flawless victory. Now I'm not sure how much Oh yeah, by the way, yesterday so I was high for twenty-four Christian hours. So yesterday in the car on the way to Target, I put on a techno remix of the Mortal Kombat theme and it fucking slapped. It was really good. It bopped. I think it may have been the thing that was over the ending credits of the original Mortal Kombat movie. That is probably right. Because I remember some I just vague half four memory. I don't, I literally can't look at Mortal Kombat. Rachel has to play it when I'm not. That's true. <laughs> I get very upset by these sort of things. Um, I mean, you have every, you have every right to. There's probably something wrong with me, but like. Well, I think a lot of, and listen, I'm like, honestly, the original ones, I'm like, it's, I, like it's, it's very pixelated and stupid, but like a lot of the more modern ones basically traumatize the people they're working on by making them watch literal snuff films. Um, and well, like. Maybe that's one not person. cool. Maybe we should just go back to the pixel art. Maybe one person on the staff gets off on it. Well, yeah, but if he traumatizes everybody else, it's kind of like the dreadful algebra here. Um, that being said, you were like high, high. I was not. I was like, I, I don't. Was a little I'm... bit like relaxed, but I was not. You were like, you you were like, I saw you when you were like, am I in Target? I'm like, yes. You coming into the bathroom? You are in Target. You are in Target. I promise you're in Target. It was great. Um, 
I, I, I. We watched Legends while you were there because you were still sort of resist. You weren't as bad by that point in the night, but yeah, we watched Legends. Oh yeah, we watched were... last. Oh my God, there was a new episode last night. I was there. It. I live blogged uh-huh. about it. Jesus. Wow. And it's like, we're going to try to start, we're literally, because we ended up losing the file on the other one, and because the other one, I mean, I'm sorry, guys, moving has been, I've been doing a shitload of stuff with moving, and we've just been figuring out my new schedule in the new place while I'm looking for a job and everything. It's just been really weird. So I, we appreciate your patience. Sorry about the delays with stuff. But um, I know you guys like to hear us, so we're going to try to go quick through the other two episodes that we missed. And thankfully, I'm not, I was going to be initially worried because I was like, oh, I have so much to talk about with the animated episode. But I don't, because not actually that much of it was animated. I feel like it was sold the false bill of goods. I was like expecting, wait, I was literally sitting there watching with my partner. I'm like, okay, when are they going to get to the animation part? Hello? <laughs> chop, chop. And it just took forever. But we're going to do, okay, JFK episode. JFK episode. Okay, so here's... Okay, so what we're going to do is because... Is blast our way through these as fast as possible. Jesus Christ. I mean, yes, <laughs> yeah. but the way we're going to do this is basically because we have been watching... We had some problems with episodes that were solved sort of by this episode, but then were not solved. Yeah. So we're going to sort of... Take Go a through more, what did and didn't get solved. Basically. We're gonna we're gonna basically take a more general approach where we're critiquing the show based on these three episodes as a whole, yeah. more than going over the every single episode what in happened. individual detail. Because, like, listen, first of all, I just got a dragon-esque tattoo, and I did it's say, cool. "Wouldn't it be so fucking funny if I got this tattoo and then just bounced on the series?" <laughs> <laughs> Which God, I told you, fandom tattoos. My 10-year rule, or it's got to be something small and subtle. No, no, I mean, like, I totally understand that, but, like, we are hurtling my friend to a Blue Ocean event. So, like, who no, has... No, I get you. Who has the fucking... No, I mean, like, I'm just... Even, like... I mean, listen, that's one of those things I'm actually going to bring up later in the episode. Fascinating that now we're getting to the point where even series like this are sort of toying with the idea that humanity is hurtling towards our extinction, and we're all sort of collectively realizing this existential crisis, and we're all just sort of trying to... Yeah, yeah, there you go. And so you just kind of deal with it by tuning it out, because what what else... We all just feel very helpless as we hurtle towards our own doom. And maybe that's true of all things everywhere, but especially more pertinently right now. But yeah, I should... I do have some tattoos I want to get, but not so... I have more... The tattoos I want are the kind of tattoos I should not be getting on my current budget, but that's sort of regret. I don't, I don't regret it. I very much love it. Looking at it reminds me of this podcast and all the fun we've had together and all the... Oh, I'm not yeah, saying you should yeah. regret it. I'm just like, I want to get, when I'm talking about outside of my budget, I mean, like, I want to get, like, a full back piece, like I'm a member of the fucking Yakuza, so... I mean, I want to, yeah, there's a lot of bigger pieces I want, but... Yeah. And it's like, well, when I want to start there, I might just do the simple, like, the Joe Star birthmark, because I know what you said. Ten-year rule, but the answer is star, a star shape on my shoulder is not actually that. Like, I follow no you rules. Regret. If you're of age, fucking as long as you looked at the artist's work on Instagram and you got recommended and they're good, go crazy. Yeah. So, you know, do what do what Go you, crazy, go stupid. That's my personal rule. But, like, again, a star is pretty on... But you that's do have to thing. be of age. Do not forge anything to get yourself a tattoo earlier do than the legal age. No, because no, then you'll get the it. artist in trouble. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're going to get the artist in trouble. Do a stick and poke. Like you're in prison. Yeah, might as well. Fuck it. If you really want to do it, do a stick and poke. And if you think that's stupid, you probably shouldn't get a tattoo when you're older. But um... <laughs> if you're not willing to let another teenager do a stick and poke tattoo on you. Listen, this is all. This is not real advice. Hi. Not, <laughs> For liability is, reasons, none of this is, not, is real yeah, advice. Our lawyers have told us no, 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 no. And it's not real advice. But, um... But don't you wish it kind of... But don't you kind of wish it was? It's the kind of advice that you'd get from your drunk aunt at, like, a family gathering. If and you, is that not what we are? I mean, kind of. Um, okay. So, quick thing about the JFK episode. I will say, it was an interesting return to form in terms of, like... Yes. We have not had an episode like this in, like, four seasons. 
So on that note, it was kind of fun to see them literally just in the middle of a historical event, solving historically related problem that they had managed to screw up in some way, shape or form. That was the original Legends formula. It has wildly deviated in ways that I honestly had not even noticed until we watched this episode. Mm -hmm which is kind of interesting and it's it's good for that but it was also very jarring to see Zari's role in the episode being so reduced to Nick Zano could have solved this entire plot if he just used a blow dryer that he keeps in well, his Well so this was a Phil Clemmer episode. This was a Phil Clemmer written episode. And that's why I kind of feel like we had a lot of Nate. Yes. Like a lot a lot of Nate and I kind of feel like Nate is Phil's baby in a yeah. few ways that he never really got to realize. Like he doesn't really like, of course, he's been the EP, he's been the main EP for Zari, for John, for all of this, but, like, <laughs> Nate is just two, so clearly his was, baby, and then Season two is when he really rusted control away from the show from yeah. other people, and I think Nate is kind of part and parcel of his symbol of victory. Yep. Like, it's like, I won this show, I basically won this show out from, like, Andrew What's-His-Ass yeah, and, and Mark Guggenheim, so... Nate is sort of his realization of that, I think, in a lot of ways. Because now he doesn't have his depression zone, a rip hunter around to project onto. And I get that as a writer. I have There's a question. Characters... Can I say something really spicy? Yeah. Since it's not, since, um, do you think, do you think Ava Lances get, get mad that, like, listen, I don't, I don't really care about Rip Sarah at, at this point. Like, who, who cares? It doesn't really matter. But do you think they're mad that, like, Rip Hunter was a more, um, compelling character? Yeah. For three seasons, even when he wasn't really there, then, um. Do you think they're mad that Arthur Darville can lead a show? Uh, listen, listen, I understand. This is not even about me having written a ton of Rip Sarah and really appreciating the ship. This is just Rip Hunter was an infinitely more compelling character because he had actually pretty realistic clinical depression. Um, and Everybody wants eventually ill character until they're mentally ill and then they're like, wait, no, put that back. No, but that's literally a thing. Like, actually, that's like a lot of people point out, like, people have pushed back against characters like Shinji Ikari and they're like, well, they're, and I'm like, but that's actually a fairly... Yo, Shinji Ikari was just 14. <laughs> but, like, yes. Like, people are like, oh, well, this isn't... Like, actually, as it turns out, mental illness is not fun, and it makes you kind of, like, shitty. And that's not your fault. But seeing an actual realistic portrayal of, like, the self-sabotage and the loathing and the bad decisions that come with depression is kind of hard for a lot of people to stomach. Um, and so they have inevitably kind of turn on those sort of characters. And it's just a shame. But, um... It was kind of a bummer to see Zari sort of out, you know, sort of like, again, Nick Zano could have pulled his hairdryer out of his purse, and I know he fucking has, and could have ended the scene in a minute. Have you ever met an Italian-American man? I mean, genuinely. But I do think it was also interesting, if nothing else, in terms to see of how far away we've pulled from that format. And I don't think the Zari stuff would have maybe been as noticeable if we had not just had the Britney episode previously, like literally the episode before it, that highlighted what an integral part of this the of the. Zari is to the like she's literally the bedrock of the show right now so that was another thing that we noticed that we'll bring up later is we're running out of people for this show to to carry the show on their back we're slowly losing them bit by bit it's summer and we are running out of up oh, sushi all right hold on i'm gonna stop the recording it is summer and we are running out of ice yeah okay we ate and so we are back we are back um and i think what we were discussing to you, it will be like we never left. But yes, to us, to us it's, it's been like 30 minutes. It has been 30 minutes, and we started watching something else in the middle of it. So I'm trying to write that train of thought back where it's supposed to go. I'm like, oh, goddammit. Now, even though this was a return to form episode, the Kennedy yeah. one. Thank you, dear. Which we had called um, Nothing Bad Ever Happens to the Kennedys. Nothing Bad Ever Happens to the Kennedys, etc. Now, I will say, I know we said that we weren't going to do, we should probably keep our, I think, I think our voices, I think we're a little too close to the mic, so we probably yeah. want to keep them down a little bit more. Okay. That's not, that's both of us. That's, yeah. 
Um, I, I know we said we weren't going to call out individual things in the episode, but um, when Nick did his JFK impersonation, how did that make you feel? I mean, I guess on one level, part of me was like, first off, the Iron Giant reference is just like, I see you, you fuckers, you bastards. You think you're good enough for him? How dare you? But I will also say, I think kind of one of the weird things is this is also an episode that like sort of uncritically embraced the idea of like the boys club of politics, like in such a way that it's like, I'm kind of uncomfortable. Politics, but only in terms of passing yourself around. Like, it's a, fu- like, just like, oh yeah, oh. politics is such a boys club, and you're gonna fuck your way through. Yeah, I mean, that's because Nick Zana was just Sex cold. positivity? Yeah, close enough. But it felt weird to have sort of this uncritical sort of, um, take on that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, Nate doing, Nate doing his shit, it's just like, it's like, okay, my god, we get it. Like, oh, he's a fuck, this goddamn siren. Um, it's not as bad as him. I literally see that picture of him in the this more money outfit with the gold chain and the white suit. And you know, he thinks he looks like he's fucking Elton John and Saturday and Elton John, John Travolta, <laughs> two very different people, John Travolta and Saturday night live. And you just want to fucking fever fever. Okay. So we're, we're over two on this one. <laughs> I don't know. How but that more... was also, that was the previous episode. Yeah. Like I just, I know, but I'm still, every time I think about that, I break out in hives. That's true. <laughs> Even if I can't place the reference I'm trying to make, what the fuck is wrong with my brain? I'm literally trying to hold too many different things in my head because I okay. still haven't even talked about Dungeons and Dragons and we'll I get we don't later. have the time. Okay. So even though, the, like I said, this episode was a return to form, the stuff with Mick and Spooner fantastic outstanding delicious but also very indicative of phil because he had the same thing with amaya Mm -hmm. he likes to put mick with these kind of people and i think it's killing dominic purcell that's why he left that's Mm -hmm. why he's gone now dominic purcell said no listen the contract stuff is fine but i need to stop having sexy adult baby love interests and warner brothers was like we We can't do that that into your contract and that's why he made the anyway it's it goes to the top it goes goes all the way to the top um Tala and Nick, even though Tala was not featured prominently in this episode, which was a fucking detriment. Seriously. More than anything else, are strong enough to lead the show. Yes, they really are. Um, and I think one of the things we've noticed is that up until actually this this week's episode, which, okay, so last week we're calling the Princess and the Fork. Mm-hmm. This week, um, I, I... Oh god, we haven't come up with the title for this week. Batman Pussy Indulgence. Um, Easy Rider. Remember, because they were like the reference to the, when the clones die at the end of the episode of the Venture mm-hmm. Brothers. We just wanted to do a homage to, an homage to Easy Rider. That's very good. You didn't like mine? Did you hear what I said? Oh, I did. <laughs> okay. I'm just not, I'm okay. like, listen. I don't, I don't think you heard what I said. We had. I said, <laughs> I said Batman <laughs> Yes, I, I was there. I was the first okay. person. No, I know. But, um, okay. So, okay, like, oh, we don't even have time good. to get into that. Easy, But Easy Rider won't make any fucking sense unless you literally are us. And I'm like, that's a bridge too far, even for us. Um, this is our long-form way. This show is starting to crib a lot more from the Venture Brothers, where I'm like, well, the only people who have been talking nonstop about how this show cribs from the Venture Brothers are for us. multiple seasons are us. And it's really uncomfortable. Are you guys escalating? Because if you're escalating, I'll go fucking crazy. I'll go right to the top. I can go tell, I, I'm going to go tell Doc and Jackson on you. They live out in Brooklyn. We're just going to start knocking on doors. Like, are you Doc and Jackson? No. Okay. Hi, are you Doc and Jackson public? That's okay. Take your time. 
<laughs> it's like I'm telling dad on you. But I know like, I know someone who knows Grace Lavery, and I'm sure through that pipeline. Sure, yes, that pipeline will get us somewhere eventually. That is truly the thing about gay people is you just kind of end up all knowing each other. Um, it is a thing. Tell them it's important. Tell them it seriously. Tell them it includes their IP that they may want to defend against DC's Legends of Tomorrow in court. I, I understand. I think you guys are all owned by Warner, but like, like have it's, a little fun with it. Yeah, you know, just like go bully them a little bit. Tell, make sure that they know that you're the better written. I am so happy they're getting a movie. I know this is yes. unrelated, but I was really pissed when they're oh, and we're just ending it. I'm like, go fuck yourselves. Like that's so awful for this for for a car, for a series that like built Adult Swim. It yeah. is one of the foundational adult swim shows so at least they're giving them six seasons in a movie it's all seven 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 seasons in a movie it's more than some shows ever get but um okay no we got lost we we completely shocker here is legends um through easy rider with the exception of even the astra episode princess and the fork was good but there's been something missing there's been something missing we have to figure out a better title for this hold on i'm thinking you keep talking i offered a very good title I'm not, I'm, I'm not calling it that. Okay, fine, fine. Coward. Oh. Coward's choice. I don't, I just, I'm just, I, cause then I have to talk about all the weird feeling, the, the weird, like, sex ne- negativity shit in the email, and I'm like, we don't have time. We're covering three episodes. I don't have time to talk about how weird it is, like, heroes don't have consensual sex, which is basically what you were saying. We don't have time. We already discussed it on our walk from Starbucks to Starbucks and on our way back from Starbucks as you know 90% of our conversations are being done to or from a Starbucks so I mean technically aren't we always going to or from a Starbucks I mean yes if you think about it like that okay so um wait 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 okay what we deep realize, dive Batman would be really funny and really specific. Deep dive Batman is very good. All right, deep dive. I mean, was there anything remarkable enough about this? I was episode? like, there's gotta be an orphan black joke in there somewhere, but I'm just not um, thinking. Well, because we already called the episode where we found out that Ava was a clone orphan navy. Damn it. So we've used up our goodwill on that one. Okay, god damn it. I'm try- cyborg nine. No, that's not gonna. Mm. You At keep least talking, she's I'm not thinking. pregnant. At least she's not pregnant. It's just really funny. Actually, that's just funny in and of itself. Say no to life. <laughs> Say no to life. Proclaims you pro-life dies anyway. That's a very good one. It's a little long, but it's so good. And it, and with what everything that Katie's pulled, it is kind of... It, it's, it's really it, it funny. It hit the spot. Ooh, you're right. Oh, God. All right. Okay, but I bet it's so Keep long. It's, it's so, so long. long. And Sahara's told us repeatedly that we need to have shorter titles. <laughs> oh, God. Um. Oh, God. Keep talking, keep talking. Come up with something. Okay, I'm just thinking okay, about title. right. So I'm like DC Rider, like Easy Rider. This is not going on the podcast. This is just us. Oh, I, I have to give it a podcast because I'm trying to talk about the show. <laughs> oh God damn it! Right, so keep if, going. You'll, if you'll excuse me. Oh, fuck um, Jesus. So here's yeah. the thing. Last season we gave Brandon a lot of crap, and I don't take back a single. I don't take back. Brandon, I don't. If you're I will, listening, I have said. To him, I have said before in his defense, one of the few cis men I've ever seen say trans people don't need surgery to be trans. That goodwill only gets you so far, however, sir. I will stick up in your defense on that one thing. He did say that. That was very good of him. I respect that, even if he's such a liberal. Um, God, he is. He's such a liberal. Although I understand how important that is for like a midwestern guy from Iowa, because again. People from Iowa are on another fucking planet, which I can't help you with that. It's um, like when, when people were upset because Callahan did something. Like for short and sweet and simple. Checkmate? Because the villain's name is Bishop? We could just call it This is an X-Men. Wait a second. This is an X-Men. <laughs> yeah, this is an X-Men. <laughs> or we could call it, wait a second, you're not Bishop. Bishop is Chuckhorn Noise. <laughs> oh, God, no. Which, ooh, fitting. Like, it's fitting, but we don't have... Um, we certainly don't have the goodwill for that. No. Um, Checkmate um, is almost a little too simple. 
Chess. It's just chess. I hate chess metaphors. <laughs> That's a very good one. Okay. I hate chess metaphors. I'm sick to death of chess metaphors, but I hate chess metaphors. I can't play chess, I'm gay. I can't, I'm too dumb to play chess, I'm gay. Too thoughty, too thoughty to play chess, too chess to die. Too chess, yeah, we got. <laughs> too chess, too furious. I, I think, I, I hate chess puns, it's just good, uh, chess metaphor is a short, sweet to the point. Um. So. So, uh. Brandon, even though we gave him a hard time, like, listen, maybe. He was the lore keeper. I am the keeper of the picture. He was the keeper of the picture He for was, the show. not only was he the lore keeper of the show, but Ray did a lot of the heavy lifting and it's not that they don't have a new heart. It's not that Bayrod isn't, like, a new heart or something like that. It's that they haven't given anyone else the fucking room. No. So, Ray, you could just sort of pop him in and you know what you were getting. Yes, because, again, like, it's just like, okay, play Superman. What was Superman doing? Like, they're just, you know that someone's just, just do Superman. You look at Brandon and you go, oh, that's, that's superb. That's the superb guy. Because he has, because effectively he's playing a role that he has already honed down to a science. So it's like, you just ask him to go in and be Superman in this show and it works out great. Um... I'm going to talk about this a little bit more when we actually get to the I Hate Chess Men Force episode in full, but this was the first episode where, like, they have actually done a lot with Bayrod's character in this episode. It is a shame. Are you talking about the... The conversation he has with Spooner that was really, really cute? Okay, no, 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 no. We're still, we're two episodes back still. I know, we're, we're two still... episodes back. But this is, I'm just mentioning it briefly in terms of, like, Bayrod, because you mentioned, like, Bayrod is the new heart. Yep. I'm like, he is doing his best, but it's like that thing where it's like they literally only gave Trish character and backstory and motivations and anything other than being a sexy lamp in like the goddamn notorious big fight 25 episodes in the anime and i want to say like 30 something chapters in the fucking manga and it's like it took you how long to develop your only female character in this part you son of a bitch i'm coming at you with everything in me and i will not flinch which is semi-related so it's like a little annoying because that happens to bayrod too and it's really racist when it's done to bayrod but okay God, i feel like i'm like literally trying to talk about well, we are trying to talk about We're three different to, episodes at I once. Mean, I just, it's doing something to my brain. My brain that's already, again, still processing an entire book that I just read. And well, I'm just like... Well, was it? I didn't tell you to read. Well, we were working... A woman is what, best when she doesn't know what I didn't have anything I mean, you're to not do. a woman, but still. But I know what you mean. It's okay. I just... I can't... I, like... I fucking couldn't be on my computer, so I just read a book. <laughs> I read the whole book. And we were waiting for the embroidery machine to work, which is going quite nicely. And we're having good, good, good fun with that. But, um... Yeah, just in case. For the love of God. For the love of God. Oh my God, where the fuck were we? Um, so Deviations from form, homecoming no, no, no. of most recent, Black Widow clone, clone buddy, clone body. Um, have you ever met a disabled person? Oh God, Those are you reading our notes? Yes. God, we are so happy. Right, are we on Princess and the Fork? We are not on Princess and the Fork because I haven't gotten to make the point I wanted to make about Brandon and Maisie. Oh my God. Okay, yeah, finish that. Listen, I'm not talking anymore. We gave Brandon a hard time. I do understand why we Brandon complimented was kind his of, dick size a lot though, so he should complain. Of, was kind of pissed about this because he did carry this show a lot. And yeah. like without him... In five, and like, yes, Ray definitely still got way too much plot in season five. Yes. And without him in 5B, Maisie was you still realize there. that Maisie did a lot of the carrying. And then like Tala also did a lot of the carrying because she had such a strong plot that half of the season. Yes. But without Maisie and without Brandon... And with Dominic so vanishingly rare this season, which I know, like, why. It's like you're supposed to be able to do less scenes for more money as you get further and further into the show. But it's one of those things where you're just like, dude, you have to come back. We don't have any... Like, it's like, we need whoever the hell they get for next season. I'm like, please don't hire any new underwear underwear models. I need you to literally hire, like, a seasoned character actor. We just need somebody to carry the show need, again. I don't care what you have to fucking do. I want I want you on your hands and knees begging Victor. Mm -hmm. Listen, Victor Garber came back. It would help a lot. But it's like Dominic Purcell in the new... We were literally... I was like, oh, damn. Right. He's also carrying... Like, it's just one of those things where it's like... 
No one who's currently in the show, everyone is doing a good to great job most of the time, but they don't seem to utilize, we were like, Nick and Tala work really well as leads. They only utilize that in the Kennedy episode. Matt and Tala look really well. They utilize that in the Britney episode, but it's like, there's a couple Matt of little things. and Olivia make really good leads. Mm-hmm. And so what we're seeing, and like, this was sort of corrected a little bit. Yes, in, I was actually going to be like, oh, we have to episode, kind of talk about the chess episode. Not, which is not what it is at all, but We'll get to it. Um, um, I mean, we could come up with a, with a title that's from Chess the Musical. That's fair. Um, the Bishop's Gambit? The episode, was called, the episode was called Bishop's Gambit. Motherfucker! I believe it was. Hold on. If it was called Bishop's Gambit, I'm gonna fucking scream. I don't like that sometimes the writer, as much as we make fun of them for being stupid, sometimes we're on the same wavelength about certain things, and it really does piss me off. Legends of Tomorrow canceled. God, don't I wish. Please. It was called Bishop's Gambit, yeah. Okay, in my defense, I didn't know that because you know I don't read press for the Yeah, no, Ari had no fucking I had no, Ari I just, has no I, idea what's going on at any time. No, especially not with the show. I, not, not in the slightest. I have given up. I have given up. I have other things to worry about. So it's like, I hate these people. Um, no, and they're I killing me. People. I, I, then the episode does have to be called I Hate Chess Metaphors because you fuckers did a chess metaphor too and I am so mad. Okay, so. Um, we don't want to call it, okay, but here's the thing, especially based on what the big twist is, mm-hmm. you don't think someone else's story might be kind of clever. Someone else's story? Someone else's story is the big musical... Okay, so sometimes I do listen to musical songs on YouTube. Somehow, the, not the ones that I listen to, which is really funny. Someone else's I like story is the big song where she's like, you know, this would be what our romance is if it wasn't X, but it isn't because X, Y, and Z. Um, And it's just... She's like, it feels like I'm watching someone else have this romance with you that I'm not really participating in. Huh. That is interesting. Um, we'll figure it out when we actually get to that episode. We haven't even finished talking about the other two. Okay. Because it's a toss-up between those two at the moment. So you're watching us plan this in real time, incidentally. Good for you. Now I know what you're thinking. Shouldn't you guys have prepared this beforehand? And the answer is... What are you, a cop? We've been busy. Um, and also, we had already, we, listen, doing three of them at once is obviously really actually very difficult. So this is our punishment for letting this shit. This is, I mean, it's truly, this is God going idiots. But, um. And we were swiftly punished for our hubris. 100%. Um. In a way that has perhaps not been seen since Icarus fell from the fucking sky. Just right out of the sky. Um. Like a You fucking, think the plane is just gonna fall right out of the sky. Like a fucking chump. The magic conch. The virgin. Um, the, the virgin, virgin Icarus versus the Chad me. <laughs> oh, God. Um. It is something where, like. Like, the. Alright, are we, are we good on the Kennedy episode? We're golden on the okay. Kennedy episode. So. Princess and the Fork. I am. I was cheated and lied to. He I thought this was, he cheated me of vengeance, cheated me of justice, cheated me of my fully animated episode that I thought we were getting. I don't even know if they promised a fully animated they episode. They definitely or not. did not. They did. I thought it was from everyone. That, everyone was hyping it up like it was gonna be. Well, this episode was also directed by Katie, and nothing really pissed me off more than people asking Katie about directing this episode. And like they didn't just like it's like the equivalent of giving your sibling an unplugged controller. Like, come on! And not and like not giving Olivia nearly as many interviews. Mm. She got like one post episode one, and even like, though she's like the central focus of the episode. Well, you know, we have to ask Katie what it's like using that unplugged controller. Just fucking Jesus Christ! But um, 
Like, I have been cheated and lied to. And also, when Phil was like, we got some old school Disney animators, I'm like, you got one. Because I did my research. Because you know, reader, listener, viewer, you know I did my fucking research. You know that this was the thing I was waiting on fucking tenterhooks to do my research for. So no, they got one. And everybody else was like, Warner Brothers... They, Warner gave them some good people, though. They did. I'm not, but, like, they they said, oh, I got, I mean, listen, part of this is admittedly just tempered expectations, but he made it sound like they got, like, some of the old, like, Disney afternoon animators on. I was like, oh, shit, that's gonna be really interesting. With whose money? Some of them are probably, honestly, doing freelance work at this point, or may have just retired. Um, It's been a long time, but it is something where, no, I actually do like the people that they got. Um, I was literally, like, here's the thing, is I could also talk a lot about Satanism, for this episode, if it was in any way relevant. I mean, even when it's not, you know that I like to lecture on history and things. And I actually do know a lot about Satanism because I went to Catholic school. And so the thing about going to Catholic school and the thing that's, I think, important to understand about Satanism, if you have any sort of understanding of Satanism, is like, it's not, it's literally something that I think can only appeal to a very certain kind of rebellious Catholic teenager because everything about it is literally just inverted Catholicism. An important thing to understand about Aleister Crowley specifically, who is someone I also did a lot of research on back when I was, because like literally like I didn't know what any of this shit was until I wore, and I'm going to tell you guys a deep lore Ari story, so I hope you appreciate the story time. I literally didn't know what any of this was because I was an incredibly sheltered autistic child and I didn't have a lot of social relationships, so I didn't know how anything worked ever. So in about eighth grade, I wore my Naruto wristband that I got a Hot Topic to school because I was like, fuck you, you can't do it. You- oh, no, I was I was in eighth grade. I'm so sorry. I was in fifth grade. I was in fifth grade. I took my fifth grade Naruto red wristband that I got from Hot Topic to give you some idea of the kind of human being that I was becoming to school because I was like, fuck your uniform. I'm wearing my Naruto sweatband with the Konoha Leaf Village thing on it fuck the rules i'm just like naruto and everything you just said caused physical agony <laughs> yeah yeah it hurts doesn't it i'm like oh dear listener you have no idea what I i'm mean, giving to forget, you who can forget when my sister got a naruto wristband and then she i think with a she asked my dad for something she could scrape metal with so she could scratch it out like Adoksuki. the hidden leaf yeah like Adoksuki like the does. fucking the missing name that's what they're called so i guess you're not even on i guess i guess oh no on. i tried to do that Oh, you, oh, please. So of course I, I tried to do that. But I will say. Everything old is new again. Everything old is new again. That was very sturdy metal. Because of course yeah. I had the regular headbands too. I had two of them. I had the Sand Village one and I had the Hidden Leaf Village one. And I did try to scratch some of them out with the knife. It did not work. It was actually very sturdy metal. Great craftsmanship. That's not the point. Although I guess it sort of is. So the point My is, is that I. My got me a shirt that said Sasuke wouldn't treat me like this. I got As you the joke. Sasuke shirt for Christmas too. Different I know. one. Different. And I you own more than one Sasuke shirt. How does that make you feel? People keep giving them to me. <laughs> okay. And the answer is no. Sasuke wouldn't treat me like this. No. He just would have murdered me. Yeah, that's also I'd fair. I'd just be dead. I'd just be dead. Um. So your fave is problematic, but like, okay. So In which part? The all. Okay. So. I go to school and you have to understand that this wrist, this this sweatband on my wrist is currently also black. And I had children swarming me. The older kids too to be like, is that is that like a witchcraft? Are you a witch? Are you a Satanist? And I was just like, I literally didn't know what. I can't stress enough. I didn't know what any of this was. Can I, I just like, mentioned that is so fucking cool. It is so fun. I mean, I should. I I did eventually. I was like, you know what? Yes, because I was sick and goddamn tired of these kids asking me questions that I didn't understand. So eventually, I did just say yes. And because I did say yes. I not only had to leave school for a year because I was getting bullied really badly, um, and then went back because uh, better the devil you know than the one you don't. That's all I'm going to say about that because I'm 26 years old and I don't have to think about middle school if I don't fucking want to. And that 
Incidentally, for all you kids listening out there, again, horrifies me, but still, that is the greatest reward that adulthood will give you. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I see my friends occasionally talking about like how their school days were and things like, and I'm like, I don't have to participate in this anymore. I don't even have to think about middle school or high school if I want to. And that, that's fucking living. So look forward to it. It is coming. In any case. Um, I... But it is a thing. It is, you know, like, there's your, there's your, it gets better, I guess, is you don't have to think about this shit unless you want to anymore. But... You don't have to think about this shit until you start having to face some things that have happened in your life and you're like, wait a second... Well, you know, but again, that's on Which your childhood terms. trauma were you trying to get over? Yes, you have, you know, you can revisit it on your own, but you don't have, and that's, again, making the choice to do so and examining yourself. In any case, um, I went and decided that if I was going to be a witch and a Satanist, I was going to be a good one. And I bought a bunch of books from the local Wicca store that was actually in the downtown of my very tiny seashore area. Um, and I got some books from Barnes and Noble as well. And my grandmother, God, literally God fucking bless her soul, bought me a collection of writings from like Anton LaVey and some history of Aleister Crowley. And I was like, oh God, grandma, um, don't indulge me in my stupid bullshit. her fucking heart. I think she just thought it was a funny thing I was reading about. I don't think she actually looked at the title. She's like, I'm glad to buy you books because she was, she's cool like that. So I read, like, I read up on these people and I... Actually, fun fact is Aleister Crowley and L. Ron Hubbard used to be super close until L. Ron <gasps> Hubbard scanned. Uh-huh. L. Ron Hubbard and Aleister Crowley were both like, not like, like literally, I think the important thing to understand about actual Satanists and in the context of this episode, because they make Aleister Crowley, like, I need you to understand that this was the early. Can I ask you something? Yeah, what's up? Is the version they did of Aleister Crowley, given that he was an actual bisexual man? I mean, he wouldn't have called himself bisexual. They never, but yeah, he slept with men too. Is it by? Is, is this? Homophobic? Oh my god! I actually, I'm like, I want to know who they had doing his voice because he sounds like every single fruity Disney. That's the one. I'm like, did you get someone who used to do like children's cartoon villainy? Because he sounds like every. He sounds like like the fruity villains in like Barbie direct to VHS and DVD videos. He is incredible, and I mean that like as a compliment. Um, the guy who was doing it was selling him as like an evil gay. They said so Matt well. Said, I'm going to give the gays everything they want. And they were like, Matt, you're the one who's doing it. And they and he said, that's exactly what I fucking said. Yes. And so like, I will say props when to that. people call Matt, listen, can I, can I just take a sidebar really quickly? Yeah, of course. I don't even think we've addressed, I don't think we've addressed a single thing that we meant to talk about. We, we did a little. Um, I, I'm tired of acting like Matt Ryan is a gay for pay. We all know. Yeah. Listen, I understand and like, no, I can't make him come out and any feelings you have are that are like, oh, well, I don't think he is, especially as a queer person. I can't tell you not to have that is completely your right. It's all just speculation. But like, guys, guys, the things I know. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a bias. That's a, I mean, truly the first, the, I mean, I, I guess. I'm like when you were like, Alistair Crowley's bisexual and said he slept with men, but he would call, and I'm like, that's where Matt Ryan is. And that's why he did such a good job with the role. I mean, true. I mean, but like, here's the thing. Nick Zano keeps collecting bisexual men as friends. He's never going to love you back. And I'm I so think sorry, it's guys. kind of hateful of him. I really think he needs to stop having male friends because it's just hurting his male friends more than it's hurting him. He has no idea. He has no clue. He's no fucking clue. He's truly, like, I mean, just the agony, the the fucking, oh, God, the agony and the ecstasy. But, okay. Channing, I'm so, so fucking sorry. I'm so, seriously, formal apology to Tatum. You don't have to live like this, please. But, um. That's why he wasn't at Magic Mike. Nick Zana? Yeah. Yeah. All of Channing, I'm like, oh, 
the emotional burden of this would have been too much. I think I think Tatum to bear. That's too much. That's literally too much. Okay, especially because he would have flourished in Magic Mike, and that's really the horrifying thing. Um, Excelled. Like literally, just just I think he would have just I think he might have just quit acting and just done that exclusively. But okay, lost my train of thought. But Alistair Crowley, I think an important thing to understand about him is that like. Actually, a lot of the roots of Scientology are sort of rooted in Crowley's ideas of, like, chaos magic. And chaos magic is something that I'm going to try to give a brief primer primer on because um, we don't have time. Uh, I am loath to recommend the last podcast on the left because they're just terrible people. So I'm not going to do it. But they might come up if you look up chaos magic because they did do a dive into Scientology and chaos magic and Alistair Crowley and L. Ron Hubbard that... I can't vouch for because they're terrible, terrible, but sometimes they're the only source for some of the harder, heavier, darker stuff. So don't take it as a moral, just know I don't endorse it. However, I will say some of my information was gleaned from that because I have lost all of my old Satanist books because obviously when you grow up and go, what the fuck was I doing? You tend to throw some of that shit away. Um, Would not recommend them in good conscience though. I don't want people thinking that's a, that, that, that kind of, stuff is not even the podcast clearly we're talking about cults and satanism shit Mm -hmm. i just don't like guys who are fucking mean and think it's funny um we're mean sometimes but not that mean and we don't punch down and we're pretty funny but um, first of all we might be mean but number one the people deserve it number two we're not men again we we don't well i don't know but like i we punch down we don't punch down that's the fundamental thing and we we don't make first of all i will i've said it before and i'll say it again Brendan Routh works the fuck out of that body. Truly. He can handle my little critiques. Yes. But I will say, honestly, if you don't want to listen to them, because again, not not nice people, um, they usually recommend some of the books that they've read beforehand where I'm just like, I'm just going to read these books on Jonestown instead of listening to you guys. So there's that. Um, you can always do that with podcasts if you don't actually like the hosts or you don't think the way that they cover it is fair. They usually cite their sources like I'm trying to do. Um, in any case, Chaos Magic. trying to decipher this one. Chaos magic, simply summed up, is basically just the power of positive thinking, but with a little Lord of the Rings spin on it. It's literally like, if you say out loud, like, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to do fantastic at my job. I'm going to have a job really soon. My employment is in the future. That was chaos magic. And sometimes it also involves sex. Uh, Alistair Crowley was a horny piece of shit. He had so much fucking sex. All of this was pretty much just a front for him to hang out in California do drugs, read Lord of the Rings, and have sex until he died. And now I know what you're thinking. That is a sweet fucking gig. And it is. I'm not arguing that it is or it isn't. But it's also really funny seeing him portrayed as, like, this grand dark wizard of the high lord of hell. And it's like, obviously, he tried to but sell that image of himself. Here's the fucking funniest but thing, But he's though. just a fucking slut. What if everybody but John Constantine realized that about him? It would have been really good. Like, this is... Oh God. Why are we so much better at this? It would have been really funny if they were like, this guy's like full of shit, actually. He doesn't actually know any magic. He's just like, have you tried uh, yelling out loud very loudly that you're going to do magic or doing some like dumb ritual based on like inverted Catholicism, holding a black mass and something? That's not a thing, idiot. Um, Have you tried having sex with it? Yes. It's like... The original role to seduce. I mean, genuinely, 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 not even kidding. Like just... He was pretty much a glorified cult of personality. Um, it was really funny watching him and L. L. Ron Hubbard kind of square off because they were basically two cult of personality narcissists squaring off against each other. Um, and I think L. Ron Hubbard stole his, like, yacht. Which <gasps> Not is just, the yacht! Which is just so funny. Again, a little bit of this is, but, it, like, it's actually kind of worth digging into because Aleister Crowley is actually a genuinely fascinating weirdo. Um, 
that the baggage of Satanism, I think a lot of the, the 80s kind of poisoned the water hole on Satanism actually just being a bunch of loser nerds. I'm going to tie this back into D&D briefly where people are like, D&D is a satanic panic. Meanwhile, I'm like, these are just overgrown train guys. These are war, these are miniatures and war gamer nerds. These are the, no one wants train guys in their fucking Satan cult. They're not, like, Alistair Crowley is pretty much just a Lord of the Rings enthusiast. Listen, and if you're a train guy trying to fucking join a Satanist cult, that's a you problem. That's a you problem. There's nothing I can do. So I think it's important to sort of understand the context that Alistair Crowley was actually kind of a big nerd. Um, And a lot of this stuff is just smoke and mirrors for getting women to have sex with them. And sometimes men. Um, so that's my take. Uh, told you the fun story, but I'm like, yeah, so if you're wondering, how do you know all this stuff about Satanism? The answer is I got bullied in Catholic school. There's your answer. Um. Wow. So. Really makes you think. Really makes you think. Um, I will say in terms of the actual technical aspects of the animation, again, designs were simple, but good. I really did like Astra's princess dress. I do think they were very, very deliberately cribbing from Tiana, especially in the tiara, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, no, nothing wrong with that. Um, just noticed it. I do like the pink. I did. I was a little like, she doesn't have to sing all the time and not even all of the songs. Like it's like, it's like one of those things where it's like, this is just a personal bee in my bonnet. Cause I'm like, they don't sing all the time. And I think it's pretty reductive of everybody going, Oh, you're a princess. So you're going to sing all the time. It's just, it's too self-aware, but in like kind of like a way where I'm just like, shut up. That's the fun of it. Like let them have, it's just such a, let them have fun. What's your business? Um, but that also is me being maybe a little bit defensive about like old Disney movies, which I'm like, fair enough. I'll, I'll cop to that. But it's like one of those things where I was like, she doesn't have to sing all the time, but it was nice that they let Olivia sing as herself. Cause it's not immediately engaging, but it does grow on you in that way that genuine singing does where they just made her do her own thing. It's maybe not polished, but like, I think it sticks. Actual animation itself was fine. Um, I was watching for like, sort of like cheap limited animation shortcuts to see what they did, but they actually didn't do too much of that. Although the jump she did from the top of the stairs, a little bit, like a little bit of that Neil Breen leaping down onto the, from the explosions thing, a little wonky. But other than that, it was fine. Um, it was basically everything I would expect out of television animation, given the budget time constraints and everything that goes into producing television animation. Um, I don't know if that Crowley shot at the end was supposed to be a reference to Night on Bald Mountain. There were a couple of... I have no idea what that is. You don't know what Night on Bald Mountain is? Yes, you do. You're no, lying to me. Yes, you I... totally do. You, you, you have seen it. You have definitely heard or seen it, but there's no way you don't know what Night on Bald Mountain is. Chernabog summoning all the demons for like a hell's ball and then the sun comes up and they all go away. You've definitely fucking no, seen no, this part of Fantasia. Oh, it's got a name. Yes. That's why I was like, there's, I wasn't saying that as like, oh, you don't know. I'm like, no, it's actually really, really, you know this. You've seen it in Fantasia. There's no way you haven't. Or at the very least, Kingdom Hearts. You absolute whore. You've seen this in Fantasia. <laughs> there's no way. I've never played Kingdom Hearts. I know you haven't, but I was just making a joke about how it's also in Kingdom Hearts 2. Okay. Um, Kingdom Hearts as well. Not Kingdom Hearts 2. It's in Kingdom Hearts 1. This is not going to do anything, but I just have to clarify because it doesn't hey, matter. How are you? How are you doing? I'm great. I'm trying to cover. I'm like literally trying to fucking speed run. I feel, oh my god. Um, okay, so. Um, what the fuck was I talking about? But yeah, perfectly, perfectly functional animation. Thing I really hated about the thing, and like, again, we're white, so we're not gonna spend it to, I was like, I don't want this to turn into like weird. It was really fun. Like, I just feel like they should have just had her neighbor be English and just be an asshole because a lot of old English men are just kind of assholes. You a, didn't, old a lot of old men. Doing, a lot of old men, period. You didn't have to make him, I think making him that explicitly racist and then doing that, if you kill him, you will be just like him shit was way more mean-spirited and shitty and awful than it would have been to just 
have him be a huge asshole and then have her debate whether or not to kill him and then have Bayrod go, no, you shouldn't do that just because he's an asshole. Because we would have inferred that he was probably racist because I have a fucking brain and eyes and an understanding of, like, the history of the, the world. And you making it explicit was really clumsy and shitty, and it felt because really unfair to Because you did this in the Astra. Salem episode as well, and yep. you do these at the worst fucking possible times. You literally times. do them at the worst possible times. It's, Where it's like, like a science. No, guys. No, 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 no. We do, we do, we do, we do kill racists. We do, we do kill racists. We have to kill racists. They very much did kill Jesus. They very much did kill Jesus, but not because he was a racist. Opposite, actually. Yeah, the opposite of that. From my understanding. I've never met him. Um, Maya, it's like one of those things where it's like, it's just very, it's, it's, it's shitty. It's shitty to put Astra in that position and equate her justifiable anger at someone like othering her and making her feel, especially because it's like, we have multiple real life cases of black people being murdered for being in a neighborhood that they didn't belong in. Yeah. But like, you don't need us to name them. You don't need us to name them. You should probably go look this up and acquaint yourself with the realities of this, 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 the, the world that we live in. If you don't know already. But it really happens in real life and has really de- like deadly fucking consequences. So to have him do something like, hey, you don't belong in this neighborhood, which, as we just expressed, has real life deadly consequences. And then have Astro be like a bad person for wanting him to die is so fucked. I mean, that's self-preservation. That's literally just self. At that point, it should just be considered self-defense. Um, it was unnecessary because again he could have just been a bog standard like stuffy old Englishman but you had to and I still would have supported his murder absolutely because I think it's I think it's I listen a little bit of like a like a I'm gonna colonize your your corpse old man kind of thing like I think nobody here is going to argue against killing the English no god no um so it's one of those things where it's just so unnecessary and we're not gonna spend a ton of time on it because again we don't want it to you know we don't want to be overcompensating or whatever but like it's worth acknowledging that that was a really stupid thing that legends did and here's why um astra deserves better but i will say the one point in this favor that has nothing to do with the episode's favor that has nothing to do with the animation and it was actually let me that was that was a, all right you said a lot of words there i did and they just didn't come out very clearly because i'm really just trying i'm just trying to talk as fast as i can as much as i can so let's try it again the one point i will give this episode in its favor aside from all the stuff I've discussed, good and bad, is I will say, and I wasn't, wasn't Tyron an EP on this one? I think he was an, uh, an EP on the... Princess and the Fork. I, I think he was an EP on the one we just watched. I feel like he might have been, though, because I remember I was okay, watching the credits. I was watching the credits pretty closely to look at the animators. Okay. Um, I think they got Scott, Scott Brian, I think, might have been the man I was thinking of. The, the, the guy that they got... Let me go back in our Discord, because I posted it a couple days ago. Um, so I would have it as a reference, and then it took us a while to record the podcast, and I'm like, crap, let me see if I can back scroll while you look this up. Um, yeah, okay, okay, so the, so first of all, the fucking Arrowverse wiki literally says, at one point, Crowley, in Constantine's body, turns into the Chernabog from Night on the Bald Mountain, then segment of Fantasia. Told ya. So I guess you have to sue these guys. Yeah. Fucking told ya. Legends of Tomorrow pays back Winona, Arf, Sarah, Lance, name drop. While Arya's looking at this, let me be the person to come in here yes. and say, like, when I look at gifts for Legends, there are a decent amount of gifts, but they're being made by, I think, people we all are familiar with. And so when Legends made, it's absolutely just like, ugh. Like, like I hate to use it, but you know what? It's cringe. It is cringe. 
When they decided to be as cringe as fucking possible about Winona Ark, a show that many people have criticized for being uh, racist in its plot points for mm-hmm. uh, centering the two white sapphics over the more interesting plot lines that involve people of color for uh, killing off their one main black character because that actor wanted to go do movies so they couldn't just write him off. I just... It just, and it's like... This is one of those things where it truly is like, there are two different gay communities sometimes. And I understand Unidate, but like, I just mean in terms of like, the only person I ever met in real life who gave even a single infinitesimal shit about Winona Arp was, God bless them, love, lovely person, this is not a character judgment on them, they are a white woman. And so it's like one of those things where I'm like, this is a show that I think only white women have ever watched. I have never, I do not know this show, I have ne- and I'm just like, I'm like, how good could it be? Because I've never watched it's it. It's not, I'm trying, I'm not trying, but I'm just like in terms Actually, of like. you know what? A lot of people told me to watch the first season and then it sort of dissolved into like, this is only about white sapphics and they're limited fucking and it didn't focus on yeah. Winona that much at all. And it was like, well, I'm watching this because it's a Western. I don't give a shit about these two women who look related. Yes. That's Can kind I of the fundamental one time, I think someone said that Ava Lance looked related. So a bunch of people were like posting photos of them being like, oh, look how related they look. And I was like, no, no. You are not. Hey, this no. isn't the argument. No, no. Pull up. Pull, pull up. up. Pull, pull up. Literally pull just up. that the Jonah Hill gif that I was just like, you know the one. Um, this is like one of those things where I know what you're thinking, but Ari, you're, you're, I almost just, and I'm not saying that word. You only watch like cartoons and anime and like horror and, and video games. And like, why the fuck would you care about Winona Arp? And I'm like, I'll still watch shit just because it's gay. And so if I couldn't even muster that energy up for this goddamn show, I think it says a lot about, like, hey, your experience as a white cis woman is not universal. Andreas, who is a fucking mess of a showrunner, yeah. um, is not LGBT. Ooh, okay, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, that would explain some stuff. Um... I would actually like to, I couldn't, I think, I think but it's wait, Scotto- because this just goes into this sort of thing that I was talking about, because, like, this was a huge episode for Astra. Yes. And who gets the interviews about getting to point the camera at the TV like a fucking five-year-old? And who gets, and who gets from people who don't usually watch the show or don't usually make gift sets, who suddenly has three separate gift sets of the same tired reference? Every time. And it's just one of those things where it's, it's like... It's like, if we're not standing on your neck, are you guys just going to do this? Yes. And by you guys, I mean people legends. who watch... Like, legends and white... people who watch the show. Yes. Because... It... You first. Because it's not, like... And I, and then people will be like, oh, well, I can give whatever I want, and no, 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 And it's like, sure, you absolutely can, but, like, don't you want to make content that is good? Truly. Don't okay, let's try that enjoy... again, but this time Don't good. you want to enjoy content? But it's like one of, those, one of those things where it's like, I'm not saying that, like... People can't like this kind of stuff, but I think I it's am. all okay. Fair enough. I mean, like in terms of like, it's just like listen. Every I'm sick show. I'm tired of you telling me that you can like things. That's stop it. That's fair. But I will say, I'm not saying that every single show has to cover every single nuance of every single lived queer experience. I'm not saying that. That's unrealistic. That's impossible. That's 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 impossible. I, I, impossible. Okay, I was hoping you didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You know I'm gonna notice. I love you, but um, I, I think was, it's see, and and that's and that's anti queer rhetoric. That's <laughs> that's true, but it is. It's true. I gave you wolf. That's truly gonna be my I think Coolsville sucks moment, isn't it? God damn it. Um, <laughs> it definitely is because I'm not taking it out. God damn it, I hate you. This is queerphobic violence is not taking out. All right, it doesn't matter. My point being, um, this is one of those things where it's like, I think we're allowed to be, it's just, judgment calls about Winona Earp aside, we've already made our position very clear, so I don't think you'll have to hear us reiterate. It's just very telling that Ava Lance is very much throwing its lot in with 
with them where it's like, oh, we know where your loyalties lie. And especially given the everything else about like Maisie being an actual like out. Per- it's fucking like they don't. They don't, they only care about other white sapphics, creatively speaking, and it's allowed to be frustrating. Because it's like, they've had themselves on the back. For that somehow being meaningful when it's not anymore. It just isn't. For this, for this iota of fucking whatever they have decided to call it this week, representation, they have a fucking, I mean, thank God they didn't do an interview with her apparently, but they have a fucking image of uh, Katie, well not Katie, they have an image of Sarah in the DC Pride anthology, where I'm like, her? Her? What, is she funny or something? I mean, truly. Um, I will also say, I would like to give a shout out to some of the, some of the credited animators. So they went back and digging through. This is just, this is just in case one of you guys happens to be, and I also think it's important to credit animators. You guys did great. Everything, great. you guys did great, this is not a reflection not, of you. Yes. Love you guys. Animation supervised by Tony Cerrone, Mac Wedding. Animation production, Colin, ABV Lewis. Animation editor, Rob Ehrenreich. Background design, Gary Morey. Background paint and color design, Jesse Silver. These are the people who kind of usually end up being undersung in favor of like key animators and, and, and directors and such. So I think it's important to shout out to the people who make the machine go as well. I will say the primary animator, I was digging up my, because I had done research, the animator with the most pedigree, so to speak. There were some nice new people. The, there was the woman who was the lead uh, character designer on yep. Scoob was, I believe, the person who designed yes. John and Astra. Can you look up her name? I don't remember. Yes. Um, She did that. And then Scott O'Brien was the person who had the most, like, oh, he's been in some stuff for, like, 20 years um, he has done work as a director on An- Animaniacs, DC Superhero Girls, Teen Titans Go, Hi Hi Puffy Amayumi, where I'm like, hey, blast from the past. Fucking love that show. Um, no, DC really called in some... Animation Department. He has done Birds of Prey. He was an animator in the Birds of Prey movie. Uh, he was some stuff... Amanda McFarlane did the character design. Amanda McFarlane. Thank you, Amanda McFarlane. Um, just a lot of, he did the, the closest we got in terms of like an old Disney animator was he did work on Pocahontas 2 Journey to a New World, which is just the bizarre. Yeah. Like that's the thing is I'm like, perhaps, perhaps the greatest, one of the greatest affronts ever. That was, that was weird even by Disney sequel VHS tape standards thing. Cause they did for some reason retcon the John Rolfe, John Smith thing. And it's like. That was not the problem that people had with this movie. Better, it's worse. It's, I mean, truly, is, how am I in trouble? Is that a real question? One of the VHS tapes we used to have at work would play a trailer for it, and you are just watching it, and you're like, first off, the animation is, like, dog shit. Michael Eisner was just sort of fucking pumping these out to make money as fast as possible by that point in time. But also, holy shit, guys. Guys. Guys, 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 we guys, all know what happened. Guys, guys, guys. They tried to give her like a prince, like an official princess dress kind of thing. It you doesn't mean the look, like the, no, I, I can't do it. I the can't white, say. the white, they literally gave her like a white, a white dress that looks like no, English I, high I'm society. Not, and it's I'm like, this say, is a hate crime. I'm not going to say it. Just, it's very upsetting. It's very upsetting and it's very sad, but it's like one of those things where it's like. It just shows a lack of. It just, it's just like, why the fuck would you make... This is no disrespect to Scott O'Brien. He did not have a say in making this. I'm just like... You get paid $2 as an animator. Yeah, so, so I'm like, I'm just ma- I'm just like, I thought that was funny in terms of Phil being like, we called in a favor for some old Disney animators, and this was the only major Disney credit of his that I could find, and I'm just like, Phil? I mean, I think it was more Phil like, what if we got a bunch of old Disney animators? I think that was his idea. I oh, I actually... misunderstood then. But also, God damn it, you, you asshole. Know, you had me so excited. Let's... I, but I will never was... tell you not to blame Phil for yeah, that's more than fair. Um, it was good. I will say it was good. Um, it was very. It was good. It was as well animated as I could ask, given the con- pressures and constraints. 
I will actually say, and this is a small thing, I thought the CG, CGI they did on the, the Legends when they got transformed before they were animated yeah. was actually fairly cute because it's really easy to do decent CG, decent to good CGI at this point in time on a television budget when you're not trying to make things look human. Like, Bayrod's little candle face was really cute. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it had a lot of personality and it was still really cute and it clearly didn't cost them a ton. But they were having fun with it, and it's so much easier to animate CGI when you don't have to try to make human faces look yep. realistic. So, like, good for them. Zari's uh, little... First of all, can I just say, Naking Will of Cheese and Zari being a flip phone, a Motorola Razor. I love the Mo- Motorola Razor gag. Did feel extremely pointed towards... You. Myself and my husband. In yeah. a way that I didn't ask for. Tim, who would be a Wheel of Cheese if he could. Or... I am simply sitting here. I have done nothing. Yes. Um, but, like, overall, I think we've gone over everything we kind of wanted to from the Princess um, and the Fork. Yeah. Is well, there anything also, else you want to well, bring up? Also, you know what? Olivia's a fucking lead. She yes. has lead charisma. She has lead, she's doing her goddamn best. Oh, my God. I literally didn't get to the fucking point that I meant to get to ages ago about, like, the thing that they touched on. We got sidetracked by me saying, hey, was Ty- was uh, Tyron an executive producer? And then we got sidetracked from there. I didn't even talk about this. This is my last point, but I do want to make it in And I know defense. you're shocked. Shocked. I'm genuinely shocked. I'm like, wow, we, I didn't even bring that up. So I'm going to bring this up because the one, this is, this is, and I'm like, that's why I'm like, was Tyron an EP on this? Because it's a very Tyron touch where it's like Astra kind of has a lot of moments in this episode where she's like, I thrived in hell and now I have nothing back on earth. And I'm like, one of the realities of leaving an abusive situation is that while you're in the abusive situation, you tend to find coping strategies and skill sets necessary for your continued survival in an abusive situation, because that's what you fucking do. You survive. And these are skill sets that are necessary to survive abuse. These are things you have to do because they are what keep you going. As soon as you leave an abusive situation, most of these skill sets actually become pretty counterproductive towards having a normal human relationship to goddamn near anything. Because as it turns out, an abusive situation is not an accurate depiction of life outside of that abusive situation. So you're not usually very well equipped for it. If you've grown up in an abusive situation, it's a thousand times worse because that was your social metric by which all other standards were judged and it makes a lot of things very hard to deal with um and astra actually had a pretty genuine sort of i mean obviously done in metaphor but not that oblique of a metaphor about like hey now that i'm not in an abusive situation i don't know what the fuck to do with myself and i'm afraid and that was fairly realistic and i felt that deeply and kudos to olivia for being able to convey that and she has been since day one been able to convey that very well in astra and Can I also just mention, and this is unrelated, awesome. Olivia's been uh, fucking posting some real fruity stuff to Instagram. That's also good. But um, girl, I want to say kudos to Olivia, but also, like, that is a good point in this episode's favor, as I really did actually appreciate that gesture. So continue. If you had anything else to say about Princess and the Fork, I did um, want to give it that. I mean, I did think we called it Princess and the Fork because some of the parallels, like when Astra is holding Spooner. Yeah, Spooner's little fork was And really when cute. Spooner unlocks her from the attic and stuff like that, like, they were very pointedly, like, the princess and the frog in a way where I'm like, queerbait is only bad if you don't enjoy it. Well, because I'm it, having a great time. Because that's, like, the whole sequence at the end of Cinderella where Cinderella's locked up in yeah. the, the tower and the mice go and get her out. So it's kind of, like, a very abridged version of that. Um, but it was really good. It was really, and I did, again, I liked Spooner. Like, one of the things, and we'll get to this once we hit, I hit chess metaphors, but I think we pretty much have at this point. So I guess I'm just going to bring it up. This season has done some pretty good couplings in terms of people that I'm like interested in. There's one-on-one dynamics with each other, but a big point in I hate chess metaphors favor 
was, oh, thank God, everybody's back together again. Because that has been... It's fucked up how there's, like, a thousand songs about Christmas and only one Only one, one being... song about the boys being back in town. And that's... And that's, and that's chess, kind of... And that's I hate chess metaphors. And it's one of those things where it's like, I genuinely... I think a couple a couple days before this episode aired, I was talking to Rachel and I was like, this, this season hasn't really felt the same. And we were kind of figuring out why. Maisie and, were, and Brandon. Maisie and Brandon. And, and also part. the first episode kind of poisoning the well for the rest of oh, the season. Yeah. And so, like, it just... I think that put a big damper on it. And as we realized, oh, God, so many of the seasoned actors have left. And so that's kind of another reason why we're sort of floating. And, like, no, no disrespect to Jess McCallan, but, like, she is not carrying the show as a lead as Ava. She's not. Ava doesn't show the concern for the team that she needs to, quite honestly. There's, like, there... I think it's... I'm, like, maybe Jess could do it. But, unfortunately, there, when they even have her on the show, she's focused way too much on Sarah instead of trying to manage the team. And it's, like, I, if I was going to have Ava be the forefront of this, I would want to see her trying to manage the team not wringing her hands about Sarah, especially because we as the viewer know that Sarah's like doing her own thing and is pretty much fine. And it's like, you hit a certain point where it's like, you want to see Ava interacting with other people because now you're just getting bored of her constantly worrying about Sarah when we as the audience know she's going to be fine. So I just, there have been a lot of like dings to like, just not like stuff that we haven't really loved about this season so far. Um, minus the standout Britney episode. This episode. The, the truth of the matter is, Jess and Katie do not have the charisma to carry this show like Legends wants us to think they do. Yes. And that's just a fact. Ava Lance being the main ship of the show and, and Ava being the leader of the team and, and this being the thing I'm supposed to care about is manufactured consent in a nutshell. God! Um, <laughs> it truly is. How like, did you, the myth of consent and it's just Ava and Sarah going, I do, and me going, I don't. I don't. Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, I refuse. Like, I just... There are so many other characters and so many other interesting things that we could be doing. And it's interesting how we're kind of falling into the Winona Herb season two problem since they brought it up is like, I don't want to stop telling me about this. I don't care about Ava and Sarah this much. I like them fine or I used to, but you're shoving them down my throat. So now I'm like, oh my God, stop. Enough. And you know what? Does that make me homophobic? Yes. I sure fucking God, hope I hope so. so. I think Coolsville sucks, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, so... Better to lie down with wolves. <laughs> oh, God. Hold on, I'm trying to come up with something. Better to die, hero, live, villain. I hate you guys. Better to a... die eating pussy than see yourself live long enough to become a villain. Better to die eating <laughs> pussy than be told you can't do that. I guess. Um, so, it's like, I do appreciate this episode sort of bringing the boys back in town. Because we had sorely needed an episode of just... Everybody in the same episode, doing stuff, talking to each other. Um, there was just sort of a, a sense of team cohesiveness and the whole team working together again that we had, I think, really missed. And damn, if Dominic Purcell being on the I'm like, thank you. We missed you so much. Now, a lot of people have asked me, Rachel, why is it okay? Why can't you separate character from actor with... And I'm, and I'm doing this because I think sometimes, because again, age, age range of our listeners. Yes. Sometimes I can be a bitch about this on Twitter, but I do think a lot of people are doing it in good faith, especially because they try to go out of their way to tell me I'm not trolling, I'm genuinely curious. Yes. And the answer to this is, listen, I can't, I personally cannot tell you how to feel about Dominic, and nor would I want to, but Dominic doesn't play an LGBT, like, Dominic doesn't play a queer character. Dominic is not getting invited into queer spaces and being asked for his opinion and being put on panels. Um, a lot of Katie's stupid hippy dippy shit 
I was literally, I think the day I was kind of like, eh, I guess I'm kind of over it. Because, like, and listen, you don't have to be over that either, but I understand that actors, first and foremost, are morons. Um, there is a very, I think, distinguishable difference when an actor being a moron becomes active harm. Katie is in a position that puts her in the space that we inhabit as the LGBT community. And so for her to be expressing any kind of transphobia or any kind of association with transphobes on her platform is harm. Is what Dominic said dumb as fuck? I don't even fucking really remember what he said. I don't even remember what he said. Because I'm sure it was stupid. It was definitely stupid. But getting really mad, and again, I think a lot of the people who were asking me about this do it because they see people still getting very mad about it and sort of trying to throw him under the bus. And they're only doing that so that you will forget that Katie reposts turf shit. No Sarah fan is actually trying to hold Katie responsible for her actions. No, they don't, they don't fucking they're care. They're worried about the social currency, by which I mean the... As you know, when you go to hell, um, when you go to the afterlife, Anubis uh, weighs your watch history against a single feather and decides whether or not everything you've watched or consumed as a human being is morally pure enough to let you get into the afterlife. Like, that is literally how some of these people fucking talk about it. And I'm just like, no, promise you it doesn't work that way. That's all. And I think just a, lot of, like that. a lot of those people specifically are very mad that they can no longer say that this show is unproblematic. Which Even though it has was. never been problematic. The show has Unproble- always been. <laughs> it has absolutely been problematic. Literally- the show has always been, let's be honest, eh, pretty, pretty bad. black. Oh, um, God. I mean, literally, pilot episode was was fucking poor Jax getting drugged and forced onto the Ray Wider. And listen, I love like, when somebody sends been me like an this. ask and they're like, not everything is about race. Because then I know I don't have to read what it says. I mean, have you ever actually gotten an ask that says that? I sure did. I got one about Katie herself. Because they were like, it's oh my not God, everything stop. is about race. I'm sure Olivia will get other interviews. And I was like, single greatest ask. I want, like, that. That's see. That's a little bit more mean spirited than why does Brandon always call? Why does fucking Mick always call Bray haircut? But like, it's one of those no, things. I mean, like every day, every day, you know, I I post because again, I just because I said that. Fuck. I mean, anonymously, but, but still, I've never heard. Like, I'm just like, how do you even say that unironically in this day and age? Like, fucking, what are you talking about? I don't know. God damn. Only, Sorry, but like, fuck. If only I could peer into that mindset. I guess. Fuck. Not for long. Though. Not for long. I don't want to stay there for long, but just like, fuck, dude. It doesn't... Fucking Jesus Christ. Do you think that makes your argument look any better? Like, it's just so... Listen. So when we say social currency, what we basically mean is people are mad that they can't be like, well, I stand the unproblematic DC TV show or like Stan Avalance for clear skin or other... I don't know what the kids are saying, and I'm afraid to ask. Yeah, I really hate it. It's like, listen, first off, this show was never good. Second off, the show... Then why are you here, and why did Rachel get a tattoo? Because I love Tala more than life itself. This is my fucking vow to her. I just... That I will never abandon her with you people. God. I mean, truly. If that's not it... If we're being honest... That's fair. I think that's fair. And also, again, we're saying this as people because you know why you know why I'm still here? Because I don't believe that Anubis is weighing up a fucking my goddamn watch history against a single fucking feather. Oh, can you imagine? I'd be so screwed. <laughs> I would be 
he like literally turbo fucked two seasons of Agents of Shield, and then he just fucking pulls the lever. Just, they ha- did you know they have that? In, they, they do. Have they them. have. They got. They got the lever for specifically for us. So like, I don't believe that. I I I think I put in enough real life work and involvement and give a shit about real things that happen in the real world instead of like the online. That I think I can watch a couple of crappy TV shows. Are we shows saying and we're better them. than you? No. No, we're saying we're better than people who stand Sarah. But, but it's, so are you. But it's like, listen, I but don't that's really. That's not hard. Anyone can do that's that. That's true. But it's like a thing where it's like, if you put in the work where it matters, I don't care what you watch. I mean, truly. Honestly, if you put in the work where it matters, I don't give a fuck if you love Sarah. I don't even give a fuck if you're like, whatever. Katie said, whatever. Yeah, like, if I don't... you're actually putting in the work for the community, I don't actually. I'm just give a more fuck. like, hey. But we, I know how many people aren't. And you're not thing. fooling me. It's like redirect your energy to something more meaningful or shut the fuck up is really, I think, my point with a lot of the discourse, especially around like dumb TV shows that don't even fucking matter. Like redirect your energy elsewhere, please. And if you can't, then I deserve I reserve the right to mercilessly mock you for giving a shit about Sarah Lance. Um, and the other thing is also, I'm not separating Mick from character. I know that's exactly, that's, I know that's exactly, you think I don't think that Mick would post some kind of misogynistic drunken rant on his Instagram? Absolutely. He's doing it now. Yeah. And it's like, also, it doesn't matter because he's not real. And also, can I Mick just say, and I, maybe and I just, Purcell and, isn't either. And I just want to say this, and I cannot emphasize this enough. Uh-huh. Um, I know I have a lot of people who follow me because of Legends. So I know that a lot of people listen to what I, unfortunately, listen to what I have to say about Legends. So I know a lot of people who like Sarah that way are probably a little bit miffed that the tide is no longer fully in there. Stop liking her. Find a new white blonde woman. I can name ten right now. For, miss for a dollar, name a woman. <laughs> I mean, truly. Um, but also... You, you don't have... I don't know you in real life. You don't have to listen to a goddamn thing I'm saying. I Barbie. Look- Barbie, <laughs> also problematic. Blonde and white, Hall of Fame. Probably bisexual. Uh, uh, are, are you just looking at white women? No, I'm just looking... I was also like, oh, Sanji from One Piece? I guess. Because I was like literally checking out. I'm like, who's what? What blonde and white? Dino Brando. <laughs> okay, Arya's left the show. <laughs> Show's over, everybody. Goodbye. The show is over. And I mean, I mean, as a whole, it's done. It's fucking done. That was just really funny. So I had to leave because I was like, I don't know what to say to that. That's really good. Oh, we good. did it. That was incredible. God damn it. Stop it. It's like fucking slow walking night. <laughs> okay. Okay. You don't, you don't understand. I live in constant permanent fear that at some point... One of you children is going to start watching this goddamn anime because I talk about it. And I'd never forgive myself. Now, I know what some of you might say, now stop talking about it. The answer is no. I don't control the hyperfixation. The answer is no. But simply, it is simply no. That was I, funny. I can't get over You might as well, because at least Dio Brando is problematic, but he owns up to it. At least he fucking knows. Um, at least he knows. Dio Brando can go down on someone. Dio Brando is also canonically bisexual, so if you're wondering, my blonde and white won't be bisexual anymore. Araki has said that Dio Brando is bisexual in an interview, genuinely and for the record. And so, like, I mean, is Dio Brando problematic? Oh, Does yeah. he say that Dio is bisexual? Because I think that he wants... I, th- I think if I asked him which of his characters he'd want to have sex with, I think he would say Dio. Especially given how his drawing of Dio right, has evolved talking, over the years. We're talking about two... This is two JoJo. We're getting two JoJo. I know, but, like... I had a I, point to make. I know, but still. Basically, I'm no, I'm only somewhat kidding. You might as well just stand Dio Brando, because he's just a better version of a blonde and white bisexual. 
murderer. So pheromone, pheromone, <laughs> as well. Um, okay, so we have on the list Trixie Mattel. Trixie Mattel. That's a blonde woman. I did say Barbie. Um, so we had more Biharad because you spelled this. I don't think you spelled it wrong. I think your handwriting is just weird. Return to form and at Zari's and Zari's expense. Yeah, return to form at Zari's expense. Oh, okay, we already did that. Deviations. All right, we already did that. Homecoming of most recent Black Widow clone body. Have you? Oh, right. That? Okay, so here's the thing. They put Sarah's brain in the robot body. Yeah, they put her brain in the robot chef, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, which I still don't. I I Ari's explained that reference to me, and I refuse it's literally to the SpongeBob it. one where SpongeBob where oh, Mr. Okay. Krabs gets plankton, loses to plankton. Oh, okay. is playing in a poker game and he gives them Spongebob at the Krabby Patty and they do yeah. like a whole the, yeah um, um, can't believe you don't remember that episode we do so many other Spongebob references um that being said so we find out that Bishop has clones of himself and that he has basically anytime he dies he just re-uploads his brain into the robot shaft mm-hmm. and that's the Venture Brothers again and once again it is exactly the plot of the Venture Brothers through season 4 mm-hmm. whatever who cares? I've We're telling. Up. We're telling. We're telling. We're literally telling at this point. Okay, you know what? Fuck you guys. <laughs> Fuck I'm you guys. telling. I'm telling. It's so good. Um, it, and I guess, it's just one of the, yeah, you first. So basically, Sarah, it seems, died actually from that poison. Yeah. And was put into a new clone body and was essentially re-uploaded. And this is kind of like, oh my god, like, are they going to put her back in her old body? Is she the same Sarah? Is she... And I want to say that they already did this in Marvel Comics, because during Secret Wars, Nazi Captain America... Thanks, Nick fucking Spencer. Um, remember, kids, it's free to pee on Nick Spencer. It's easy and it's free. Put it's it in a so cup free. beforehand and just toss it. Allegedly. We, we cannot actually encourage you to throw piss at Nick Spencer. I'm just saying if you, you should, were going though. to. Allegedly. That's how you could. Um... It's like, it's one of those things where, hold on, sorry. It's like one of those things where it's like, I think the thing that really kind of bothers me is the Sarah with a clone revelation. Oh, right. So they, they, so he kills Nat. And then of course, because it's Marvel, there are LMDs of her Mm -hmm. and her consciousness eventually gets put into an LMD. And the trauma for her is actually like, I was killed by some kind of alt world version of Steve, who is a very close friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Less like I'm in a clone body because it's, to my understanding, because like it's Marvel. It who, who among us isn't? At this point, yeah. It would just be a good way to just sort of go over the comic So book this thing. is, and I, and this is not, and like, and I just want to stress, if you know us, you know we hate comics. Yeah. Why are we here? I don't fucking know. Why? Man. Didn't you read 500 issues of the Avengers in one summer? That's not relevant. I mean, it is relevant. But it's like, we hate comics the way that only people who have cared at some point in their lives very deeply about comics can hate comics. The right way. The right way. So it is a thing where it's like, I think the biggest thing I have is in terms of like cloning is the clone. I mean, again, this is nothing new to comic book stories. I think the thing that bothers me, and this was the fundamental, like, it's like, my number one complaint about all of the social commentary of the past couple episodes is Legends is not smart enough to be writing this the way that they want to be writing it. And this is another big thing where it's That's like... That's why I wrote, have you ever met a disabled, disabled person? Because I'm like, hey, I know you guys, so I know there are some things you're going to bring up that are totally not kosher about disabled people, and I just want you to know in advance I will be watching for them. It's one of those things, too, where it's like, this is this is like, okay, so like the weird clone ethics shit they've tried to do is like, Bishop is bad for trying to give humans bat wings. 
I am personally like, go and fuck yourself. If somebody was like, I can gene edit you, you're gonna have like some fucking cool ass. First of all, you and Bishop would get along immediately because you guys are. Well, first of all, Bishop is adorable. I am very. I actually really do like him. I should say, fantastic villain, really fantastic villain. Tala's husband does an excellent job. I am personally. He is a gay supervillain on a show that, for all its other flaws, and there are many, prizes and treasures gay supervillains, and we haven't had a good gay supervillain in a while. It's very nice to see one again. We've missed you, so that is good, and I do respect that. Um, he's great. I actually don't have any complaints with him. I, first, first off, I think I would ask, I'm like, yeah, of course I'd want, like, transhumanism is something that, like, literally sci-fi writers because have been you, grappling with for decades. You guys are not answering that question right you, now. Can I get a dick? Bishop, can you get a dick? You can get as many dicks as you want in six different flavors. And it's like, yes! Hooray! But this is the thing, it's like, it's, I joke, but that's transhumanism. It's like, it is so boring you have you have posited such an interesting idea of like someone who's literally just trying to like allow humanity to survive and thrive and it's like i'm not saying that you can't also bring up the eugenics issues of that i think that's an important thing to also talk about in terms of transhumanism oh i you know what i was talking about the disability stuff and i hadn't even thought of the e word yet now that you've said it yes and i think that's what they're trying to do but they're also i'm gonna not end doing my it. own life they're not doing a very good job of it so it's like you guys aren't even addressing the eugenics you're not addressing the transhumanism which you're not addre- you're not addressing anything meaningful and the clone thing is also sort of like they did this thing where they had Sarah, I think last episode, talking to the Ava clone. To, it's so, yeah, you can be good. Like, you don't, you can, you are. They, they did, they did Just it. Just like Helen, and again, she was better this, this week with having, but it's like, okay, so we get to see Zari in the totem once thus far, but it, we get to see Jess McCallan 20 different times. No, they're not. They're basically not different characters. Like, not even a little bit, which is You a insult annoying. me. Truly. But it is a thing where it's like, you, they try to do the you are what you choose to be kind of thing because they don't do as good a job of it. But, like, then this episode's supposed to be a shocking and horrible revelation that Sarah's a clone. And it's like, didn't you just spend the entire last episode telling us that, like, you can, it's okay if you're a clone, you still have free will and you're still, like, your own person and it doesn't really matter? But it matters if it's Sarah for some reason? And it's like, you guys, again, I you guys God, do not they, have the ideological consistency plot, or intelligence to deal with this. If they take resurrecting plot, Sarah again. Yeah, if they take John's plot away from Zari and make it about him and Sarah again, which I, I feel in my you said You said it and you summoned it. God damn it. God damn I you. it. Opposite. Ominous. God damn it. I was literally about to do the di- Diablo. Like, <laughs> for the love, of, for the love that, of God. If that was not Astra last week. That was literally Astra last week, God damn it. But it's also the Legends every week. <laughs> Should so. we just, instead of the Princess and the Four, do we want to just call that one good cause to I, point out? No, because here's the thing. No. He's going to find it. Yeah, that's actually a big problem. Um, But it is one of those things where it's like, you guys are not ideologically, you don't have, and I'm not saying that transhumanism is a perfect, un, like, unquestionable ideology, because again, eugenics. But it's like, they don't even know where they stand in terms of any of the ethical debates going on when it comes to like cloning and, and the human consciousness. You're gonna have to start fucking talking about eugenics about this fucking ding dong show. Ding dong again. This is a ding dong podcast, but a ding dong show. Unfortunately, I also read a lot, so somehow we end up here. You guys don't have the ideological consistency to be doing what you're don't doing. Don't read. Don't read. Don't read. Don't read. But it is. I know. I sometimes so say read a book when I'm being vindictive. I don't mean it. I just, God. I do, but you shouldn't. But it is a thing where it's like, you guys don't have the ideological consistency to do this, and it's already leaving huge narrative gaps, and it's really annoying. God, just fucking think about how you... It doesn't even have to be 
your, but think about a way to portray it. It doesn't have to, I'm not expecting the writers to be like, and here are our 100% ethical, political, and moral beliefs, but it has to have an a thing. It has to have some, some thought in its head, some idea it's trying to express and get across. But like, there's not any, like the cloning stuff is so inconsistent with what the, what they're trying to say narratively about it, that it's just kind of like, God damn it. Why are we doing this like this? You fucking idiots. And that's a pain in the ass. <laughs> Mix fucking MILF partner right now. She slaps. Slaps. Love that for her, though. Good to completely for To completely left turn. Because I'm like, I've said everything. I'm just like... Listen, I mean, we're all of my posts last night. You were the person he offered his oxygen. I am the so reason good. he can feel love. We are not the same. We are of not course the same. they were. Yes. Because I'll never change. I'll never improve. That is a promise. And a threat. Yes. It's just like... And also Gary coming back is like, oh no, I'd almost forgotten about the horrible thing they did to you. And then you made me remember. It's okay. I'm putting it right back in the vault. You can't hurt us, baby. We're safe now, kids. We're safe. God. Like, sorry, I had to just send no, that. Totally but like, fine. it is like a weird thing where it's like... It's not that it's necessarily a bad revelation, but again, they don't... And it's not like... I'm just so sick of Sarah having plots because Katie has yes. Stephen Amell's facial acting range and I'm tired of pretending she doesn't. Yes. she. Yeah. I'm tired, Napa. I'm tired, Napa. And it's like one of those things where it's just like, and I know what you're thinking. Well, how do you know that they're actually going to be like, it's a bad thing for Sarah to be a clone? Because the trailer for the next episode already showed them trying to go back in time and attempt to stop well, Sarah. Well, no, right now they just think she's dead. Yes. So it's just like one of those things where it's like, well, clearly the show is still portraying the idea of her being a clone as a bad thing. And it's just like... Also, I don't want to be a bitch. But we're well past that. We're well, I mean, truly, we're well if past that. If you guys that. even touch the topic of gender with this when you fucking don't have Maisie on your show, I'm coming to your house. I'm literally going to come to your house and kick your door in. Uh, allegedly. You, you do not. How, how dare you stand where he stood? I mean, seriously. It's one of those things where it's like... And listen, is Harry Potter absolute trash and should Joanne be hit with a two-by-four allegedly? 100%. That's just, that's Absolutely. a given. Please know that with all my heart I wish this every day. Um, it is something where it's like, oh god, like, just, I wasn't even thinking about gender turns, I'm sure they'd fuck up gender if they even touched it, but, um. Please. Do you know what, just forget I even said anything. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like, I'm, I think it's, I'm just, I'm tired of Sarah having plot lines. That's really, I think what a lot of, I'm just tired of her having plot lines. Can't hear it. It's not even, I'm just like, I don't care. Because she she carried the stuff she had before fine, but I was thinking about her speech about the scars, making, and I'm like, these words would theoretically be fairly meaningful to me, and some of them are, I'm like, it's like a nice thing to carry with me as I start looking into top surgeons and stuff, and it's nice to be like, hey, those scars are not actually going to be a bad thing on you, but like, they're not meaningful coming from her, because I'm like, you don't have any thoughts one way or the other. If Maisie delivered lines like that, I would know that she gave a shit, because she's a really good actress and also like knows how to put meaning into things but not so much with Katie so it sort of all fell flat which was a shame the words themselves are fine but sometimes when the right actor doesn't deliver them it sort of goes a little like how people still use no women sh women should suffer at the hands of men as Sarah's quote and I'm like you realize Mark Guggenheim wrote those I think unironically he wrote those Oof. words Jesus Mark Guggenheim right again that sort of sours in the fucking mouth a little bit don't it but, um, it's one of those things where it's like, I just, are you saying I, I actually can't... want to talk about Bayrod because I hadn't talked, like, the yes. thing, because it was also, I think this was, 
I will say the fun tracking shot they had at the start of this episode really yes. put us in a good mood because it was really fun watching like that full like the the the, the long slow shot of John walking through his house and seeing all the legends and get you know like and and I thought it was really fun. It established a really good team dynamic. It was something that we've been missing for a while. Nate Colton Gorge. I missed that. God damn it. That wasn't even acting. God fucking damn it. That wasn't acting. Um, Matt Ryan is on fire all the time. That poor son of a bitch. But. We wait for you, Matt. You the have denied the mercy of death, death and rest. I will say. Um, the thing I really liked about Bayrod, and it was subtle, but it was a really nice bit of characterization, which again, you have to take what you can get with Bayrod, because I don't seem very interested in doing a lot with him most of the time. He gets the thing from the pizza guy, he gets the pizzas from the pizza guy, and then we see another shot of him a little bit later into the tracking shot, and he's like fully having a conversation with the pizza guy about like the nature of the self. He gets the pizzas from his, he gets the text from the weed, text, weed guy text. Do you want to try that joke again? Nope. Okay. No, we don't. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I completely mangled my references before to give you some idea of where our, our brains... It's late, and we've been doing this for like two and a half hours now, I well, think. Well, we had to pack three fucking action-packed episodes yeah, in here. we for did. You. We did. We because did. We for care. you. <laughs> Dear teeth, for you, kid. Because we care. We do. Guys, we... we, we this dis- is us caring. <laughs> this is caring. Do you feel cared for yet? Happy pride. Okay. Do you feel fucking... <laughs> <laughs> that's truly us buying the Kellogg's fruit cereal <laughs> like do you feel represented I'm like no I'm tired Kellogg's let me rest I okay. just wanted to see what it tasted the like the birthday cake fruity pebbles would t- make fantastic Rice Krispies treats I will say and I don't even really like Rice Krispies treats this concludes our cereal review oh okay. you know Rice Krispies treats were one of the last things my dad made before he died wait seriously yeah I'm dead serious actually now that I think about it oh well worst things the sea etc okay um so how are you doing <laughs> so how about that Mets? i sorry hold on that's gonna, <laughs> oh, we're gonna just do the mortal Kombat theme every time no i, I was doing up. i was doing come sweet death oh now. okay all right so um bayron is literally holding a conversation with the pizza guy about the nature of the universe and it's like clearly charismatic and engaging enough that the pizza guy is like i'm gonna sit here and listen to what this guy has to say and I, it's like jokey, but it's like genuinely. It's and I also like, mentioned watching Bayrod's long fingers roll that joint. Choice. Mm, nice. So it was something where it's like I think it's it says because he's a people person like his sister. His sister just turned that into being a celebrity. But Bayrod has his own kind of charisma. He does draw people in. I think honestly, it also is kind of supposed to be a contrast to Zari. But like he has that. He could like he's very charismatic. And clearly is very good at doing this. And his sister just took it a different direction than he did. And it's like, then he had that other discussion with Spooner later on in this episode Mm -hmm. when she was like, and that was the thing. It was another really good episode for development for Spooner, who again, we've had for, and this is what I mean about, I'm so sick and tired of the plots focusing on Sarah. Because we've had Spooner for six episodes. Just now are we starting to get some sort of, like, character for her that isn't just... Some actual powers. Yeah, some actual powers, some actual involvement in the plot, some sort of, like, vulnerability. Like, just good stuff for her character. It should not have taken six episodes to get there with a character. Um, when you guys have this problem where you're doing this rotating cast of characters, I think part of the reason this, this, this season also felt really slow is they had to reintroduce a bunch, or not reintroduce, they had to introduce a bunch of new characters because they just got rid of a bunch of old characters. So we're having to basically have every other season yeah. a series of episodes that are meant to set up and introduce new characters, whereas most shows that don't have to deal with this fucking problem only do that, like, 
once a, once a season for an episode just to be like, hey, here's where they are in the story. Okay, thanks. This show has to basically keep, like, re-explaining itself over and over, which is really to its detriment. Um, if you guys could maybe fucking treat your care- actors of color a little bit better, we wouldn't be in this goddamn mess now, would we? And your Brandon, and I guess. Your, and, and Brandon, probably. But, like, and your actors of Brandon descent. <laughs> Brandon, you can take that one. That one's a freebie. That, one, for that you, one's honey. a freebie. Um, but it is kind of like a no, and it's not Spooner's fault. It's because they also don't really prioritize it. It should not be this long, and it should not take this long or be this messy. But they just keep giving plot lines to the older characters. Meanwhile, we desperately need to know more about the newer characters, and they just keep going. You want another Sarah plot line? And my answer is no. Stop making them. For the love of God, you have new characters that we don't know anything about. Fucking focus on them. Jesus, goddamn, fucking Christ. So. Nice to see Spooner get some stuff. Really nice to see her and Bayrod interact. I really actually appreciate that they do something kind of that meaningful. That shot where she starts yelling at the alien, that was, was such really a good. beautiful shot. Oh, yeah. I actually did really... I will say, in terms of... Because I didn't get to talk about the reptile people effects because it's genuinely awful. Um, and I, I, I decided I wasn't going to. But I do like the rubber suit they had for this alien. Yes. It's simple. It's basic. It's not groundbreaking in any way, shape, or form. However, if you compare it to the Dominators and how butt-ugly those fucking designs were, this is a step up. <laughs> so good for them. Um, and the, 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 the detailing on the suit was incredible in the close-up shots because it was very clearly a rubber suit. So props. I respect that. I appreciate you. I see you. Um, you see what you're doing. We see what the, you're doing. We do appreciate it. With the budget of... <laughs> $5. I mean, they do get a little bit more budget. So $10. We appreciate what you've done with the extra $5. Okay, um, nobody works harder. Nobody nobody guys, works except harder. Except maybe the budget department. Definitely the budget department. Um, but that's not your fault. I want a Medal of Valor for whatever poor fucking accountant deals with this goddamn show. Um, it is something where it's like... Have, excuse me. Having Bayrod and Spooner talking together was really... You I'm slapping my tattoo because it itches and I can't scratch it. Uh, scratch around it? I used to do that with mosquito bites. Um, doesn't help. I put like an X mark into them sometimes with your fingernail. That that does help somewhat. Um, it's nice to see the two of them interacting. But again, I'm just like, we literally needed this development three episodes ago. And it's so annoying that they refuse to focus... There's almost a weird thing where I'm like, do you think because you had all those episodes of Zari 1.0, you don't need to develop Bayrod as a character that we're just supposed to assume he was basically Zari 1.0? Yes. Which is interchangeable. And stu- I, I, I had that rebel. I'm like, that's probably a little bit of what it is. Yeah. Even though he's nothing like Zari 1.0. Um, but I do appreciate... I'm also like, you know what? Honestly, I think kind of his... And again, this is me putting more thought and effort into Bayrod's character than any single one of these fucking writers has, clearly... I think that his sort of let's take it one day at a time, don't worry about the past or the yeah. future, is one, very interesting to have as a character who is only exists in this universe as a result of one character, his sister, worrying yeah. very much about the future and what the future yeah. is going to hold. Interesting having him sort of have that attitude. Mm-hmm. But also just on a, on a personality level, I think that makes a lot of sense for somebody who clearly grew up in kind of a stressful household mm-hmm. where he like, you know, was like alternately his parents' favorite, but sort of the wallflower in comparison to his sister and felt like the burnout compared to her and her business empire and everything like that even though he was his mother's favorite and that weird discordant mix of emotions and lived experiences is kind of a struggle for him now to navigate as an adult with a different relationship with his sister than he had as a child which is Mm -hmm. something that we've discussed on before on episodes that focus on zari if only they had had more than two minutes to talk about who got the totem if only that was as valued as sarah being in space for 16 fucking years Uh uh-huh and so it's like one of those things leave her 
Can we just leave it? Can we just just agree to stop cutting back to that the spaceship and we just let it happen? I'm gonna fucking double yards during the Evil Lands. Oh god, please. Um, it is something where it's like I We're really gonna title that episode now. I'm homophobic. Yes. Um, it is genuinely something where it's like I really liked that take on his and the things that they were describing with his character. I really appreciated it. Why did it take so long? <laughs> And I know why, because I'm, and this is why I'm like, no, no more Sarah plots. And I mean that not even just literally from a, like, you just need to develop these other characters. We know who Sarah Lance is already. We know everything there is to know about Sarah Lance. It doesn't matter. For the love of God, focus on someone else. Not Ava. No, yeah. All right. I probably shouldn't jinx myself like that. Not, not, not like, okay, focus on Bayrod or Spooner. Like they're characters you'd like to keep around for more than a season or two. Astra as well. These are characters who should be getting more and more development so that they can stand up as core parts of this show. But I'm almost like, are you guys worried you're just going to have to... Not even worried. Do you guys think you're just going to be swapping them out in another season or two and so you don't really care? I care. It's really annoying that you guys keep doing that. And it's making it hard for people to carry the show. And you also keep firing the people who carry your show. Or they keep leaving to go work on better things. Or they're Dominic Purcell. So, <laughs> so God, God only knows so what happened. So God only knows what happened. That's a you problem. Yeah, that's, a, that's absolutely a you problem. So you guys need to get your shit together and you need to start prioritizing characters who aren't Sarah because she can't carry the show forever and you keep treating the or people... Or now! Or now. And she... And you keep treating the people who might in the future be able to do that like shit and don't prioritize them. dispensable. And completely dispensable and replaceable. And fuck you guys for that. It's really annoying. And it makes for bad TV. And that's my take. All right. Well, um, we have literally been recording for, oh, not not a full two hours, hour and forty one minutes. I mean, do so, you think we can? Stri- I don't know. I actually don't know if we can stretch the twenty minutes out of this. I literally have run out of thoughts. I shoved yeah. all of them into a box, and now I started talking so fast. I feel like you can feel the point where I start to slow down because I'm like burnt out by this. Um, it was a lot, and it's not even like this was a longer episode than we normally yeah. do, but I think it was just more, we try to, like, I'm like, I don't remember. We're gonna be back to our regular schedule. This we was are. A I found, thing. I found my microphone. This just sort of got away from us because of me moving We had vacation. a Labor, Labor Day weekend, Memorial Day weekend up is the one I yeah, meant to say. Star Girl's back. Star, Star Girl's back. back. August 10th. Um, um, that's fun. We're trying to do embroidery stuff. We're looking forward to it. Watch this space, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I might make patches that are just tattoos I have, because people seem to like my tattoos a lot. That's fair. Um, but you and know. also because Legends has not trademarked the Dragon S logo, which is so which fucking funny. I can't stop saying that on the podcast because the intern they have listening to this is going to tell them to do it. Oh yeah, well who's you know what? I'd like to see them get lawyers that can do it faster than I can. I mean, but it's also a thing where it's like, hey, hold on a second. I'm so sorry. I'm taking some ice cream out because I know what my priorities are. I know what my priorities are, and I'm going to let it melt so that we can have ice cream when we're done with this. Okay, so. Hey. Intern listening to this podcast, I don't know you, and you kind of know me, because I told you my story about the the Naruto wristband. So we're kind of like bro- blood we're brothers. We're kind of like blood brothers now, and you and everyone else will listen to this podcast, because it is genuinely a piece of deep Ari lore. I haven't told you all the good stuff yet, but that is a, that is a good one. Um, you've unlocked it. You've unlocked that, that one. one in your pocket. Truly. Don't rat us out. Okay? Okay? Simpatico? Everything Simpatico? we've done. Everything we've been together. You were like, when we say all that stuff about them being idiots, we don't mean you. We don't mean you. We never mean you in terms of listening to our podcast. I just caught your phone between my fucking thighs. That was incredible. I thought it was going to fall. That will never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, don't rat us out. Come on. Come, Come on, on, bro. 
Come cool. on. Be cool. Be cool, bro. Come on. Don't you want to be cool like they don't, us? They don't pay you enough for this, and we're I doing it for free. I don't even know if they pay you. Yeah. Like, come on. We're doing this for free. You're probably not getting paid either. Come on, man. Be cool. You're oh. like a brother to You're me. like a brother to us. Or a sister or a sibling, depending on how you... Whatever you prefer. Whatever you're you prefer. Like but, um, yeah, I guess... And I know what you're thinking. Man, it's really... Are you making all these Avalanche observations because it's Pride Month? And it's like, well, I'm not not. I literally had not thought about it at all until you said that. So. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, this Pride Month, I'm trying to... Let's all try to channel the y'all better quiet down speech a little bit more. Um, and if you don't know what that is, please Google it um, and listen to it in full. Because I think it's sort of the energy we need to carry moving forward more than ever. Um, and Avalanche is frankly not part of that kind of liberation energy that we fucking need. Uh... Do something meaningful with your with your desire to do better by queer people. For the love of God, volunteer at an LGBT youth center. Um, fucking donate, donate money. some money. If you can donate money, please donate money. Please donate money. Um, That's actually number one. Volunteer, donate money, do something. Do something. And then you can go back to caring about Sarah Lance with the knowledge that you've done something way more important so it doesn't matter anymore what stupid TV shows you watch. Or what stupid shit we say about the stupid TV shows Exactly. And isn't that a freedom you want to have? Yeah. Like, you know what? Do that. Do that for us. Happy Pride, everybody. Good luck out there. Good luck out there. We'll see you next week. Stand to your brand over clear skin. No, no, no. no, no. Too no. late. Brandy. Okay.